AM 640. Handle here on a Saturday morning right up until 11 o'clock. And then it's uh, Leo Laporte from 11 to 2. The Fork Report from 2 to 5 with Neil Saavedra. And also uh, right after uh, Leo, uh, right after Neil, uh, 6 to 8, Mo Kelly. This is all from memory, so let me see if I get it right. Uh, Then at... 8 o'clock, Monique Marvez, and then the dark secret uh, place that you can't get out of because there's no light in there uh, with Brian Suits. Tomorrow morning, it starts with Elizabeth Espinosa, 5 to 7, Jesus from uh, 7 to 10, and then the newest show, Dean Sharp, uh, The House Whisperer. Not bad. Memory serves. Fair enough. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Now, I have always enjoyed the uh, fight against the death penalty as barbaric, and uh, society is too advanced to kill people. We shouldn't take lives uh, for a bunch of reasons, uh, because we're beyond that as as a society, and uh, what he uh, God doesn't only God takes away lives and just uh, all the crap all of that uh, comes out. You can tell me you can tell I'm a big fan of uh, the death penalty. But uh, the argument that uh, the death penalty in and of itself is barbaric, uh, probably the best argument I have ever heard about barbarism, barbarism is from India, where a pair of uh, sisters uh, who uh, murdered nine kids. Uh, one not even a year old, say they should not be hanged. They hang people in India uh, because uh, doing so would be more barbaric than they deserve, that the death penalty is barbaric. And uh, this is uh, a lawyer for them making one last-ditch bid to have a judge commute their sentence to life in prison. Now, these are two sisters, both in their 40s now, have been held in custody since 1996, when they were busted along with their mother for kidnapping 13 children and murdering nine of them as part of a pickpocketing ring. And these uh, three people, mom and her two daughters, commissioned all these were actually forced uh, to steal, and they ranged in age from nine months to two years old. They were training them. And they killed the kids they thought were useless one nine-month-old was starved and beaten to death because he cried too much. Another one was gagged and drowned in a toilet. A four-year-old was hung uh, upside down. His head slammed against the wall until he died. They were convicted at trial in 2001. The mother died behind bars in 1997 while awaiting trial. They're now among 13 women who are on death row uh, including a woman by the name of Famida Syed, who planted a car bomb in Mumbai that left 54 people dead in 2003. So uh, this is quite quite the story. It is too barbaric to be used on these sisters. Killing nine kids, kidnapping 13 of them. Oh, uh, incidentally, the last woman to be hanged in India was 1955. All right, let's take some phone calls. Hello, Faye. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. So, question. Uh, we own a property with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. When we bought it, they didn't have a good enough credit to go on the loan. So both the title and the loan is under 
my husband and myself. All right, you own the property yourself. I mean, it's yes. it, the uh, the brother in law does not have title to the property, right? That's right. Okay, so what's your question? So, question is: They are filing bankruptcy, but they are fifty percent owners. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, okay. Because unless you have a well, do you have a written agreement that he is a fifty percent or sixty percent owner? Yes, they do. Okay, that becomes a little problematic because he has to say, "I have this interest in this property." However, it is owned by someone else. So, I think the worst that happens is uh, you have creditors who now own sixty percent of the property. Uh, you have to ask you, I, and I don't do much bankruptcy, as in zero. And I have not yet filed for bankruptcy, although I've come close several times in my life. So I would guess that uh, that, that is uh, one of the assets that he owns. And in this case, uh, the fact that it's in your names, but there's an agreement that says he shows an interest in that property to the tune of 60%. That's an asset that the court has to look at. He can't lie about that either. Hello, Aaron. Oh. Yes, go ahead. All righty, I'm a serviceman. I go to a customer's property. He gets a little vulgar. I say, let's get out of here. He physically grabs me and pushes me into my van. My assistant then charges towards him, gets him off of me. During the melee, he ends up with a broken nose. Okay. Cops come, says it's mutual combat, and that's it. I'm worried about my company being sued. Well, I'm sure your company is going to be sued, Aaron. Uh, That's sort of a given. And your defense is, it sounds like a very good defense. He started it. Uh, He attacked you. I assume it was a legitimate call that you were making, right? Uh, A service call? Absolutely. We were already there and we were going Okay, yeah, be be prepared. I'm sure that he's going to get an attorney. And I'm sure he's going to go after you. And you uh, let the attorney know. You say to the attorney, okay, go ahead. And depose me, and here is my statement. Here's what happened. You're probably going to have to get a lawyer. Once you get sued, Aaron, as a matter of fact, you'll get a letter first saying uh, that turn this over to your insurance company. You have business insurance, don't you, Aaron? Yes, sir. So just hand it over to them. So they that will cover it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what they oh, do. Not only do, you, not only do you pay for liability coverage, you pay for lawyers to cover you. Okay. So that's the same type of liability if I walk into your house and knock over your yes. china and your palace? Yes, I, th- I think it stuff. should be. If you read your policy, the answer is inevitably uh, it is yes. Uh, overwhelmingly it is yes. And people give you a bad name. Thanks, Handel. Yeah, you're welcome. I just made that one up. So, you know, he's walking away and, you know, I can't wait for the insurance company to go tell him to pound sand. This is Handel on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. Hey, I'm Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Each and every weekend, I talk about tech with you right here. I can answer your questions, help you buy that next smartphone, help you get rid of the old one, help you take the one you've got and make it sing. Yeah, we help you understand and use your technology. That's a big deal, and I do it every week. I'll be looking for you. Join me, won't you? Leo Laporte, this morning at 11, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. And uh, welcome back. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Uh, pleasure having you here. And this is Handel on the Law Marginal Legal Advice. Hi, Sandy. Welcome to Handel on the Law. 
Yes, hello. Sandy, welcome yes. to Handle on the Law. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Hello, Bill. Hi, what can I do for you, yes. young lady? Yes. It's very, um, and I'm not a young lady. I'm okay. your age, Bill. Oh, then you're old. Yes. Well, you're not that old, but I'm <laughs> sure you look old. Uh, anyway, um, where I'm at right here, they don't have any um, heat. What in, where Where is where I'm at? Oh. Is it an apartment? Is it a home? Is... It's a home. Okay, and you uh... and it's and it's and it's privately owned. Okay, but a lot of people who live here get money from SSI. All right, do, are you a? Yes, it's me you... again. So no, no, no. Do you get SSI? No. All right, so you're not. This is. A... I used to be. All right, so this is Section Eight housing, effectively, right? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Okay, it's just a. It's um. Just a house. Okay. It's a room. No, no. It's they rent out the rooms. It's residual. Residual. Residential house. Okay, so and there's no heat in the house. No heat, and, mm. but what they do is at nighttime they they um, believe it or not they open all the doors, and then they crank up that air conditioner. They're using energy. They're using their own energy. Wow, why would they do that? I guess they're crazy. Uh, yeah, they are crazy. Yes, so they are. they're wasting right. their money, right? Yeah, and and they're in breach of uh, even their, if there's a lease or no lease, uh, they're in breach because they're totally in breach because one of the things heat. Is one of those magical uh, magical ha- ha- habitability issues. What's that mean? Uh, habitability is uh, what uh, it's livability. In other words, because you know what, you can you can stop thinking when you can't when you're cold. Yeah, and you're freezing, and you get goosebumps all over your body. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it affects your brain. Well, I don't know about that because yes, I've never been okay. I believe, I believe it. I, you matter of fact, you know what? I, I believe it because I can hear it in your voice. I can hear it the, no, through it's the not question. Cold now. It was in the nighttime that it's so cold. Oh, all right, now. Habitability is one of the things that make your life unlivable in the place. Okay, and one they're of, doing it on purpose. Then, all right. Well, that, that you know that doesn't even matter uh, because no, it's no one cares. It's harassment, Bill. No, you're never going to go to harassment. That's never going to go. It's simply the fact that they are breaching the implied lease on habitability. Okay. Here's what they have okay. to give you. They have to give you water. Okay. They have to give you a roof without holes in it. Yeah. They have to give you heat. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they don't have heat makes them in breach. How much is your rent? Well, it's uh, one thousand. Uh, you can one thousand one hundred fourteen a month. That's for a room. That's for half of the room, and I'm not. I'm not kidding. That's how for, do you? What, because what I share the room with another girl. How do you pay eleven hundred dollars a month for a room, Sandy? Just. Um, I mean, why do I do it? Yeah, no, I understand probably why. How? I mean, yeah. Oh, no, let's go I'm, back to because my mother, my mother passed away, and I have money. You're, you know, let me tell you that the my issue. Money was, my mom was very well. Yeah, San, Sandy. The issue here is not whether you do or do not have. Heat. I don't even work. Uh, the issue. I'm, I'm independently wealthy. Okay, then what are you doing sharing a room with someone? Because when I first moved here, I didn't. And my mom was alive, and I was on SSI. You know who I am? I'm the funky chicken. You're the what? The remember the funky chicken. The funky chicken. Remember uh, the epileptic? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, the one that yeah, dad during grandma's seizures. But I don't have seizures. I haven't had seizures in twenty years, Bill. Oh, that's so please, yeah, please no, because that was hugely. No, I get, yeah, no, I that's good, Sandy. Uh, I think I'm going to stop the phone call right at this point because uh, we're going in a direction that. Uh, and we're going to write into medication issues and straitjacket issues, and I, I really don't want to go there. All right, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Hi. Um, all right. So pretty much, I'm trying to find out what is the 
it, when you're trying to serve a person and you've made multiple attempts through the sheriff's paralegal server companies and the person's avoiding being served, I was told that after so many attempts that they can subserve uh, either the mother or No, no, no. You've got to serve. You've got to personally serve. You have to personally, personally serve. serve. Something has to be and so you so hire so have you hired a private investigator yet? I've hired everybody and she's avoiding she knows the system. She used to be in uh work for an office herself. That's a problem. Now that That's is a problem, true. but let me ask you, I'm reading on the computer uh that your the your uh, the daughter's mom has not been taking her to school. Yes. So she obviously well her. obviously that she has a prior uh she has an address. Or did she yeah. just run with the daughter? Yeah, she took off. And that's a kidnapping. Then you go, Andrew, that's the police. Yeah, I went to the police, and then the police said, no, I have to wait for my court date. The judge, they can't do nothing until the judge does uh, gives orders. The okay. The judge said, no, I can't do nothing until you serve her. Right, right. So you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, Andrew. You're going to have to find a private investigator and spend, unfortunately, some sizable money, I assume in the thousands of dollars, is fine. The woman can be found. I mean, what is? let me ask you, what is she doing for a living? Is she standing out on street corners and just accepting cash to support her and, and uh, the daughter? No, she's just not working. She's okay, not but she can be found. It. But she can be, she can be found. It's a question of just going yeah, at it. Is, we found her at her mother's house, but the, uh, she's not opening the door. Then you so sit there. She's going to have to open the door open sometime, the door. Andrew. Then someone has to sit there and park until she shows up. You have to serve her, yeah. Andrew. That, yeah, that's what I've tried. I've paid three different agents. I know, but someone have you have, have they sat outside her door? Yeah. Yeah, and I've she's had, never come outside her door. No, she won't because she knows she's avoiding being served. All right, so what does she do for she, food? She sends her sister out. She sends her mother out. She like she does not come out. That's she a problem. That's out. a problem. And the police won't do anything. No, they won't do nothing. And I wait a second, but it's also but it's also she hasn't been taking her to school. That's a crime, Andrew. That's what I said, and that's what I told the judge. And the judge said I would love to help you. Okay, I don't know, Andrew. So I I don't know what more to do. Yeah, I can't give you. I can't give you any more advice. I mean, I, un- unfortunately, you're you're stuck. Wow. Jeez. Maybe the mafia. I don't know. They do a job of finding people. This is handle on the law. Julie Slater in the KFI newsroom. What's the latest? Post truth. Alternative facts. Fake news. Truth. Facts. News. KFI. An iHeart Radio station. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Welcome back for marginal legal advice. Hi, Jill. Bill. Yes, ma'am. Excuse me. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a, a participant in a Satra play, no exit play, dealing with my HOA, the Homeowners Association of my condo. Yeah. Um, I have been on the board of another condo for over 15 years, so I believe I have somewhat of the background to spot a board that's out of control. Uh, the problem is, is that I live above the ringleader of the board, and two other owners have actually moved in large part because of this woman. 
I and one of them is my the owner, the former former owner of the condo that that I own. I I have a laundry list of things they did, but what I want to concentrate on is the most egregious one, and that is um, she is complaining. Uh, first, let me say I'm petite. I was a former dancer. I live by myself. I'm very very conscientious. And I knew that they were very sensitive to the noise. They, I thought that the person who owned the condo before me was the perpetrator of the noise. I had no idea that she was the problem. All right. So she's. But, what, so what? What are you being told to do? Well, they have. They're saying that I'm out of compliance. The How so? How so? Because the no, because you're creating noise. No, because of a CCNR rule that simply states it's two lines that everything except the kitchen and the bathroom must be covered by carpet no the second i don't think i don't think i don't i don't listen i don't think that that's uh that's enforceable uh that doesn't make a lot of sense it has to be now they can say you can't make noise but they can't say they can't say you have to have that uh you have to have carpet on there i mean what if they told you you have to have an oven that costs more than eight hundred dollars well exactly yeah so that that's that's jill that's unenforceable it's unenforceable. I can't do that. Well, I have told them that. I have told them. So what are they? So what are they doing? They're spending money seven thousand dollars up to date on on attorney. When we got on the phone with the attorney, she even backed up that she. You know, I said this is not a compliance rule because it says the majority of the floors have to be covered in carpet. But that's bull. Well, but Jill, so what? Is, so you say that to the attorney seven thousand dollars? You say that to the attorney, and what does the attorney say? She kind of backed up. I said, it's not a compliance Okay, issue. so what's your question, Jill? Well, they're still after me. They're then there's nothing you can... Jill, all you can do is fight them. And then when it's all said and done, you file a lawsuit for malicious prosecution and probably ab- uh, abusive process, but probably malicious prosecution. And you get a lawyer to do that. You're going to nail them on that, Jill. You're going to nail them. Okay. But unfortunately... So prosecution and due process? Yeah, yeah. No, not due process. You want to get a lawyer letter. Go to a lawyer and just get a letter. Spend a couple hundred dollars to get a letter sent to the board. <coughs> Excuse me. Get a letter sent to the board and their attorney uh, laying out the legal aspects of the fact that they have no case. They're using the legal process simply to harass you and you're going to take them to court. Because based on what you said, if they've actually said uh, we have the right to tell you you have to add carpet, all of these areas inside your unit. I mean, that's crazy, Jill. So that's what you get to do. Get a lawyer. uh, Get that letter sent out. And that's the easy way of doing it. Hello, Mark. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, Bill. Yes. Uh, Bill, um, specifically, my father-in-law made a turn for the worse uh, about a week ago. We've been we moved to Pasadena from the Valley, moved our business, my wife and kids, uh, to help him out. His uh, his wife had recently passed, and he became on the decline and got better for about four months. And this past week, unfortunately, he took a little bit of a turn and. I made a lot of assumptions with my wife taking care of his estate. He has two sons that are back east that, you know, to not be able to put it a better way are kind of bloodsuckers that are in transit out here to LAX that I have to pick up. 
And she hasn't really prepared herself in terms of power of attorney or... Well, power of attorney isn't going to help uh, at right. this point because you're talking about all of uh, his money, his property, etc. How much, uh, in terms of his assets, what are we talking about? Probably about close to two. Two what? Uh, two million. Two million. Okay, that works. So you have a... All right. You have uh, your wife, who is the son or the daughter, and then two brothers who live back east. Correct. All right. So here is what uh, your wife has to do. You have to hire a probate and estate lawyer to go in and ask for a conservatorship. Yes, sir. And your brothers or her brothers are going to fight it. Right. Because they want to have access to the money. Right. And so the argument that uh, your wife's going to make is she takes care of him, you and he take care of him, uh, you have been, you're local, and anything else you can throw in. Uh, the estate, uh, the uh, attorney will lay it out for you. This is not an unusual case. This happens all the time. But yeah, the, and, you know, I've, I, I, again, I assume that a lot of this stuff was taken care of. We've been here for five months. Well, hold on, Mark. What do you mean taken care of? Who was going to take care of it? Uh, my wife and him, in terms of signatures and releasing. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I get it. Now, is uh, your father-in-law? Uh, is he able to sign? Is he able to? What, what kind of uh, abilities does he have? He's relatively catatonic. Okay, uh, so that does, he, okay, he can then, blink his eyes. All right, got it. You're done. Then that's not a problem. Then uh, in yeah. terms of uh, uh, you having you know, in the basis, honesty. go to a probate and estate attorney. We have them on uh, the website handleonthelaw.com. But you need an attorney before these guys get to you. Yeah, they're getting here today. So, all right, that's uh, a problem. So uh, if you're, do you have to pick them up? Uh, yeah, I why? do, actually. Why show up? In the rain. So why show up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's good advice. Yeah, let I, them just sit there, I, especially I, if you know they're going to fight them. They're, they're going to fight your uh, wife. Yeah, it sounds like it. And are you, are they staying with you? Uh, no, once, uh, we're going to put them up at a, a, some Motel 6. Wait a minute. We are going to put him up as in you are going to pay? Yes, there's a very there's a possibility of that. He that's tried ins- to get he tried to get airline fare from us. Okay, and that's, that's insane. That's uh, and that's insane. That and by the way, that's part and parcel of the of the motion that your wife is going to make that these uh, that the brothers are so poor that it's only for the money, right? And that's what they want to do because they they haven't been in to help him. I'm assuming, right? No, they have not. Okay, yeah, you've got get a probate and a state lawyer. I think you have a good shot at it. I really okay. do. Yeah, that's isn't family wonderful? I mean, isn't it wonderful? This is handle on the law. Julie Slater in the KFI newsroom. Julie. Pointing fingers at others seems to be a national pastime. Social media is constantly ablaze with the critical comments about opposing views, opinions, and beliefs, everyone blaming somebody else for the world's troubles. Where does this blame game lead? I'll tell you on this week's Jesus Christ Show. The Jesus Christ Show. Tomorrow morning at 7 on KFI. AM 640. More stimulating talk.
This is KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here, and welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Antoine. Antoine, hello. Hello. Yes, what can I do for you? Um, this is my question. I want to know if I have a case against a company that delivered a brand new bed to me and for free also uh, delivered bed bugs. So the bed was delivered for free, or I, I don't quite understand. No, no, the the bed I pay for the delivery of the. Bed. Oh, I see. Bed, okay, and they delivered the it. Free. And they delivered it with bed bugs. Correct. Did they charge you extra for the bed bugs? Uh, no. All right, then what are you complaining about? Well, <laughs> yes, well, you, you know, Antoine, no, I, Antoine, you can take them to small claims court. You tell them take back their damn uh, their uh, bed and give me one without bed bugs. Thank you very much, or I'm taking you to court. Well, I did try to do that. I contacted them, and I they said, said no. they said too bad. They said too okay, bad. Okay, then file it. Uh, okay, uh, Antoine, how much did you pay for uh, the bed? Uh, 5000 Oh, 5, my goodness. All right, Antoine. It's time for a small claim suit. You have to prove there are bed bugs in it. You can't just say there are bed bugs. You have to prove there you. are bed bugs. And uh, you, I have to tell you also, uh, you have to buy another bed, but you'll get your money back on the first go-round because that's part of your lawsuit. You had to buy another bed. And you argue that I contacted them. Do you have proof that you contacted them? Oh, yeah. Okay, then that's a, that's a clear case uh small claims court i mean no judge is going to say no to that buy another bed and sue them for the five thousand dollars that's that's the bottom line and i wish you could sue for the hassle of bed bugs because bed bugs are okay you know how that works all right betty you're up welcome to handle on the law Uh, my family has had a limited partnership under which we've built and sold homes on spec. We bought and sold a shopping center, different enterprises. Both parents are now deceased, and I'm finally closing out their trust, and I need to close the partnership. So I sent in all the paperwork, and it was returned by the state of California stating, no such partnership found. So I have to assume that my family just drew up the partnership. Yeah, you don't, by the way, you don't, There, there's nothing that says uh, that you have to file a partnership that's what i don't understand now if you're doing a dba you have to certainly uh publish in the paper and the was it let me ask this the family business was a partnership correct it wasn't a corporation it wasn't an llc no no it was a limited partnership oh it was an llc okay but it was a limited partnership see that is a legal that is a, a legal entity then maybe we were just a partnership. I'm really not sure. You need a lawyer. You need a business lawyer. Uh, how, how big? Um, uh, how big are the assets that you're talking about here? Well, uh, the assets have all been resolved in the partnership. So what's so, okay? So why are you even dealing with this? Because I was told by the uh, um, trust attorney that I needed to close out the partnership. How much so, money is left in the part? If there's nothing there, why yeah. do you have to close it out? I don't know. I don't either. If it's all, if the money is all gone, Betty, it's done. It's all been distributed. There's nothing there. You're done. Great. So I can just acknowledge the partnership. I think so. Just say we had a partnership and uh, that's it. We're done. It's everything's been distributed. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. You're the bomb. Yeah, exactly. I hope I was right on that. Jeez Louise. Because they're dealing now with the state of California. And frankly, if I ever had a question with the state of California, I sure as hell wouldn't call me. Elizabeth, 
Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. Yes, ma'am. So at a uh, previous apartment that I lived in, I was diagnosed with cancer after I moved in. And um, in going through chemo, I had a really hard time getting up and down the stairs. I was on the third floor. So I let them know I was going to have to break the lease. And they um, they said, well, we have a first floor apartment you can move into, but it's going to cost more. And I said, well, I can't go. I can't do that. You know, my medical bills and everything are expensive. So I broke the lease, and then I got a bill for eight thousand dollars. Well, they were nice enough to uh, deduct five thousand of it, but now they are still wanting me to pay them three thousand dollars for breaking the lease. And they're suing you. Well, they're telling me that it's going to go against my credit. Uh, well, I mean that's possible, and you dispute it. Uh, anybody can go right. against your credit, and you simply dispute it and saying no. Uh, they agreed to breaking the lease or whatever the hell uh, you have to say to dispute it. Uh, but you having cancer uh, is uh, unfortunately doesn't have a lot of influence with uh, you renting the property. And I, I'm thinking unless you can argue that you're physically unable to live there, but yes. you know that could be your problem and not theirs. You wrote the you wrote the the contract. And there's nothing in the contract that says, I have to be able to live there. Right. Well, after I, I discussed this with them, they told me they actually have a policy that states that if they have a letter from a doctor, that they are required to uh, move me into a first-floor apartment at, at the same At cost. the same price? Yes. Oh, but then they have to do it. Okay. I wasn't, Elizabeth, I wasn't aware of that. It's their I'm own sorry. policy, or they quoted the law? No, that's their policy. Ah, well, then they're breaking their own policy. Yeah. All right. And uh, forcing that issue is difficult. Yeah. Unless you argue, well, unless you say, I knew the policy, and uh, it's a tough one, Elizabeth. It really I is know. tough. Yeah, there's yeah. no, e- there's no easy way out of this one. I, I mean, guess I'll just try small claims court. Well, what are you going to sue for? Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't either. I'm not having to pay the money. I, you, don't, you don't sue for not having to pay money in small claims court. People yeah. sue for collecting money. Uh, the only answer was for you to have died of cancer. That would have been the easy one. That would have been uh, the easy yeah. way out. Damn. Why didn't I think of that? Well, there you are. You should have called the show beforehand. Uh, sorry, Elizabeth. Uh, you know, unfortunately, a contract's a contract. Now, if it were me... Uh, and I had someone who had well, no, you can't count me because uh, you know I'd be worse than they uh, than they are. But uh, it's most landlords uh, actually have a heart. How do you say no to someone who is cancer and needed chemo? Well, uh, some people do. Okay, this is handle on the law. KFI AM 640 handle here on a Saturday morning, hour number two. All right, a couple things going on, a couple events coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Next week is uh, the System Pavers Seminar. It's actually uh, an event out in Santa Ana at System Pavers Expo. You don't want to miss that. And then a week from next Saturday, Law Day. Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Law Day is back. Over 100 lawyers, free legal advice, starting at 9 o'clock at the Bowers, all kinds of things going on, but more importantly, free legal advice. All right. 
Let me see. How about phone number? What do you think? How about phone numbers? One of them. All one phone numbers. 800-520-1KFI. That's 800-520-1534. Top of the the hour, always the best time to call. Yep, there we are. A few lines open. So that's when you want to jump in. Okay. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Where I tell you, you have no case. Uh, I don't know if you're a big fan of Scientology. I'm a big fan of the stories about Scientology. Scientology is one of the most interesting, if you want to call it a religion, I don't. But these are very, very powerful people. The IRS lost to Scientology. Can you imagine when I and everybody else out there that tells people about the IRS is you can't fight the IRS. Oh, the computer decided it's going to start talking. Don't you love that when it just jumps up and starts talking to you? And so if they can beat the IRS, they can beat anybody. And so you're dead to the water. Except when it comes to Scientology. They have unlimited resources. They're that wealthy. So occasionally they lose, not often, but occasionally they lose. Tennessee, they lost. And there's a series of rehab facilities that have been permanently closed in uh, Cannon County in uh, Tennessee. And three suspects have been charged in the case of uh, kidnapping and false imprisonment. The Sheriff's Department says that the Scientology facilities are closed. Uh, This rehab facility uh, of course Scientology says oh no no it had nothing to do with uh, nothing to do with us and uh, two of the three men already entered guilty pleas on counts of false imprisonment one uh, was charged with felony charges of facilitation to kidnapping and effectively pleaded you know, no contest and how did they find out a 911 emergency call was made to the sheriffs the opportunity, and with that, they could go inside this facility, which uh, they were told, this is where I am, uh, according to the man who called them. They described it as a double-wide trailer, several tiny cabins located behind it. Uh, the sheriffs uh, say they proceeded, we proceeded up the hill through a gate, a makeshift paddock that is externally secured with a steel latch, and the man who called was looking out through a plexiglass window. He is locked inside the cabin, no way to remove himself, the caretaker unlocks the door and uh, allows uh, people to enter the cabin. The cabin is bare, small pile of sheets in the corner, no obvious amenity for life. The man says he's being held against his will and given unknown medication. He explains he is there to have rehab and get cleansed through Scientology. And uh, I don't doubt that for a second. I've seen too many documentaries and read too many stories and talked to too many people. Uh, Absolutely, this is what they do. And to get cleansed, how much does that cost you? $35,000, $25,000? Never quite understood that, why people do that. Okay, uh, let's just uh, go ahead and uh, start with some phone calls. Fair enough. Uh, let me see. Uh, all right, Jeff, we'll start with you. Hey, oh. Jeff, welcome. Good morning, Bill. Yes, sir. Uh, this is Jeff. Yes, it is. Um, I have, um, final, I'm in final stage of divorce and settlement about the inner settlement stage, and also if that fails, then they're going to go to a hearing at the end of this month. Uh, my major concern is about whether settlement, let's say we agree. Okay, um, 
major item is alimony and then child support arrears reduction. And have have for, uh, uh, child support has already been ordered for you to pay? Yes, that was a long time ago. Long time ago, there was child support. So you have been uh, estranged or divorced uh, because what when 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 child support was ordered a long time ago? How many years ago was it ordered? Oh, that was back in two. Yeah, how, how many years ago? Oh, okay, that's sixteen years ago. Six, and you've been have you been sixteen? How old is this kid? Oh, uh, the youngest one is seventeen, going to eighteen, and the other one. Okay, so the whole all right. So the whole issue, uh, the young, the other one is how old? Other ones were um, already. Um, They're already uh, over eighteen. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. the only so the only issue is going to be back child support, and that's it. So what what's your question? My question is, um, New Jersey has been uh, very very unscrupulous. I can't pronounce that word. Unscrupulous, yes. Yeah, yeah. And when I uh, asked um, them to stop payment, uh, the clerks, my agent, we always have agent for each. Okay, when you crime. so you anyway. asked you asked the court you asked the state to stop payment to your ex wife. Um, no, no, no. We're still married. And okay, we're going I, so, divorce. okay. I don't understand. stop payment to whom? Okay, stop payment for child support. They were paying the the child support, or you were paying it? No, I'm paying the child. Okay, support. so did you go to? So okay, it's an agent d- uh, determines that, not the court. Yeah, agent. My agent in in Atlantic. Atlantic County said, oh, all you have to do is just file for emancipation. Okay, that is, no, no, you don't file for emancipation. No. The children. Yeah, I'm supposed to file for termination. Yeah, that's termination of what? Termination of what? Termination of child support. Okay, you file that and you go in front of a court. And so, fair enough, you only have another year to go with child support, not even. Yeah, but uh, not for eighteen. I'm talking about the history. You're talking about back other. support. So you're asking the char- the uh, court to waive back child support that you uh, have you that you pay. haven't paid. Correct? Yeah. Okay. No, how no, how much yeah, money do, do you how much money do you own back child support? Okay, it was fifty thousand dollars right now. All right. So you owe fifty grand, and what do you expect the court to say when uh, you say I don't want to pay what has already been ordered for me to pay? Child support. What, what do you think the court's going to say? Okay, they'll say no. That's correct. They'll say no. Yeah. What's your question? My question is this. Well, they've been very, very strange the way the accounting department. Oh, so you're oh, so you're questioning how much money you owe? That's right. All right, got it. So, what's your question? Okay, question is this. I want. Okay, the spouse offered fifty percent cut. Okay, I'm. You know I what? mentioned about. All right. I mean, yeah. It, it, no, the, the child. No, you, the child. The, no, the spouse doesn't pay his or her own child support. It's the other one who pays child support, taking into account how much uh, the person who has custody pays. Uh, you're, you're not making a whole lot of sense here. You really aren't. And you're saying their paperwork is bad. Okay, you owe X number of dollars yes. every month that you didn't pay, and there's interest on top of that. I'm assuming in penalties. And you're saying they didn't add the numbers up correctly. Is that correct? That's right. All right, now, you, bring in an account, you bring in an accountant, that's all. Or even say, bring up a, a board, a whiteboard, and just start adding up the numbers. Let me, two plus two is four, four plus four is eight, and you just simply draw out the numbers. I don't understand where you're going with this. Yes, I did this. And they said too bad, they don't agree with no, you? No, no, they haven't, they haven't seen my calculations. Okay, fair enough. So what's your question? 
Okay, my question is, um, the most important thing is to reduce it. Yes, I understand, because, uh, because yeah. the numbers the are reason, wrong. What's your yeah. question? Yeah. What's oh, your okay. question? Okay, question will be, okay, thank you. Um, question will be to ensure um, when we do settle on the amount and other things. You know what? I don't that, think you can settle. If you owe back child support, you owe back child support. There, yes. there, yeah, so I, I don't understand uh, what the settlement's about. You, you're, you're making absolutely no sense whatsoever. But nice way to start the hour. Thank you for that. Okay, convoluted, uh, totally ununderstandable. Ah, what a way to start, huh? This is Handle on the Law. All right, Julie Slater, can you make some sense out of the news? I'll hopefully? try my best. I'll try. Coming up today on the Fork Report, May is National Burger Month. Let's talk all things burgers, plus foods you're storing wrong and the avocado apocalypse. It's coming. The Fork Report with Neil Saavedra. Today at 2, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. You got that KFI AM uh, 640 Handle here, and uh, welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Hi, Sue. You're up. Welcome to the show. Uh, About two years ago, uh, my husband was um, not feeling well, and I took him to the hospital, and it turned out he had a couple blood clots in his lungs. Um, They inserted an umbrella in his leg and then released him. Um. About three hours later, we found him on the blo- on the floor bleeding out. He had um, massive blood clots and was transported to another hospital where he stayed in ICU for about six months before being released. Um, in that time, he had torn his storno- sternum trying to get out of bed, the muscle, and then um, was literally um, unable to do anything at that point until it was repaired and then was um, taken back and released to a rehab. Um, Since he's been home, he had anoxic um, brain injury from all of this, so he's no longer able to work due to the lack of oxygen to Mm. his brain. And I was wondering if I even have a case. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot lot going on there. Uh, How old's your husband, by the way, Sue? He he just turned 62. Mm, That's softly young. All right. Uh, the the part uh, where it starts smelling like medical malpractice is uh, on the floor for three hours uh, when he's brought in for uh, blood clots in the lungs. I mean, that one is a tough one to okay. to reconcile. The rest of it, I'm not enough of a medical expert, but that one, if that's what happened, is so obvious. The answer is I don't know if it is a good malpractice case, but I'll tell you, it sure smells like one. I would absolutely go to a medical malpractice attorney, and I guarantee you the medical malpractice attorney will take the notes and send it off to uh, his or her uh, medical expert, because that's what has to happen in medical mal to certify the case. Uh, some doctor has to say, oh, yeah, it's a hell of a case, and then the lawyer goes ahead and takes it from there. Uh, I think yeah, the, the quick answer to uh, your uh, question is yes, and the long answer to your question is yes. <laughs> Okay. All right. Go, yeah, go okay. for it. You absolutely need. You absolutely want to go to a medical malpractice attorney for that one. Man, there's no question about that. Uh, Chris. Hi, Chris. Yes. 
Um, my father passed away last October, and he had a PI case that was going on. And so it finally did settle, and being that I was the daughter, I got the money. They paid a lot of the medical bills. And when I got the money, um, I paid other people that he owed. Well, now I just received a bill, and it's from a collections, but it's for physical therapy um, that they're saying that I have to pay them. There's a lien. How much do they want? And, well, the lien doesn't matter. The case is over, so uh, they can lien yeah, it all. Um, they can lien it all they want. But uh, how much are they asking for? They're asking for six hundred and twenty-five dollars. Uh, and, and negotiate. I mean, how much money did you get out of all this, Chris? I got fifteen thousand. All right, and they want six hundred bucks. Right. All right, negotiate but with it's them. Four years old. I mean, if this thing's over four years. Yeah, old. yeah. No, and the statute may be gone. If it's uh, over four years, the statute is history. I mean, they're gone. So, because uh, that is a contract, contractual relationship. And okay. uh, so, yeah, I would uh, look at the date. Look when the last payment was made, if ever. And if the last payment wasn't made, it's probably from the settlement of the case. Right. And uh, if you haven't paid, uh, you know, they can go wherever they want to go. And the only thing they want to do is they want to ding your credit. And then you would argue you don't owe the bill. Although they can argue you do. But, uh, okay. th- yeah, the bottom line is, eh, I would uh, just say goodbye. Statute is is absolutely gone. All right, Richard. Hi, Richard. Welcome. Hi, Bill. Yes. Um I'm calling you because I'm not sure whether I want to go after this guy or not. He uh, engineered a set of plans for a house remodel we're doing. And come to find out, long story long, he um, fraudulently stamped the plans. And so it's caused me some uh, undue cost. Okay, he fraudulently, he fraudulently stamped. And what did he fraudulently stamp? Someone else's name? Correct. He okay. used somebody else's stamp. Oh, okay. On the plan. And so he is not licensed, uh, but uh, so he s- signed someone's name or used someone else's name who is licensed. I'm assuming is that, that correct? That is that is correct. All right. How much? Uh, how much did it cost you? Because I, uh, we're I, somewhere around twenty seven thousand. How 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 is that going to cost you? Because it still had to go through permit. It still had to go yes. through the permitting process, and they didn't know uh, it was fraudulently stamped or not. But here are the plans. And why did it cost you an extra twenty seven thousand? Well, because I have about I had a I'm not living at the property, so I have extenuating extenuating cost to be out of the house. The city took thirty days. That's not you, that's that's the city's problem between you and the city. That has nothing to do with the fraudulent stamp. Okay, so what did then, the fraudulent stamp cost you? I would say seventeen thousand dollars. How did that cost you seventeen grand? Because once we had the plans re-engineered, we had seventeen thousand dollars in changes that had to be made to bring the project up to standards. Okay, so but they went through the city. The city permitted it. The city permitted it, correct. and then and then on and then they came back and said you have to make seventeen thousand dollars of changes. Essentially, yes. Yeah, that's not the problem of the fraudulent stamp. That's the city. The city said you're good, and then the city came back and said you're not good. Now, what he did, uh, there's no question that he uh, committed a crime. But I don't see how you're damaged by that uh, by that fraud. So the your problem is with the city. The city's the one that screwed you. They're the ones that okayed the plans. They gave you the permit to build, and then they came back and said, "You know what? It really doesn't matter that we gave you the permit. You have to now bring it up to code, even though we were wrong okay. or we changed our mind." Do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's a criminal violation, but I don't I don't see how. 
Uh, I do not see how the connection is between your damage. Uh, maybe there's a statutory issue, but I can't see that. What, any anything that happens, uh, it's fraudulently stamped, what? He pays for everything and you get a free remodel? So I don't get that. I don't. But there has to be damages. You have to connect the damages. You have to go from A to B. You have to connect the dots. You have to jump over those hurdles. You have to go through the hoops. They, they light the hoops on fire and you go through, just like a lion does. Okay, I'm done with all that. This is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. Julie. If you've been waiting for more stimulating talk, here it is. KFI and iHeart Radio Station. KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handle here on a Saturday morning. Getting a little cold after uh, this hot spell for the last few days, almost summertime. And now we're at what? Tomorrow is the rain? I guess, yeah. Oh, it's already raining? Oh, I can see the clouds behind me. Okay. 800 520 1KFI. 800 520 All right, we're back. More handle on the law. All right, Tom. Hello, Tom. You're up. Yes. Uh, my dad married a much younger a woman about 20 years ago. When yeah. he died, he left a trust which had two beach properties in the Survivors Trust and two in the uh, Exemption Trust. The Exemption Trust was for the siblings, and the Survivors Trust was for his ex-wife. I have abs- I, I, I've, I have no idea what a, uh, an Exemption Trust is. I don't either. Yeah, okay, point. so that's good. And then, okay. uh, and then a Survivors so- Trust... And I don't quite understand that other than a trust that says whoever survives uh, me gets X number of dollars. So, right. uh, yeah, and I don't I, I, it, I, I have no idea what that, you know, those terms mean. So, okay. well, about a year ago, she rolled two of the properties that were set aside for my dad's children into her trust. For OK, three days how did she? Well, who, who was the trustee? She is. Okay, and so she took money out of one trust. There were two trusts set up is what you're saying. Right. All right. One was and, for her and one was Okay, for and uh, various pieces of property were owned by each trust, correct? Yes. Okay, and she took, if I get this right, she took, as trustee, she took property that was in the children's trust and yes. rolled it over into her trust. Just for three days. And then what? Out. Were they returned? Uh, she took out uh, two hundred thousand dollars worth of loans, and then okay, were back. those were those homes put up as collateral? Um, yes. Oh, then uh, all right. Then it doesn't matter. I mean, the uh, she encumbered those homes of which she was not entitled to do. All right. Uh, so, what's your question? Uh, my brothers, all the siblings, want to take her to court. Yeah, you betcha they do. And uh, is it worth it? Yes, for- yes. You have encumbered pieces of property that belong to you. Okay. Yes, of course you take her. She effectively, she didn't steal it, but she encumbered it, which means uh, she took a loan out. And if she defaults, guess what? You lose your property. Actually, you lose uh, the, well, is your dad gone? Yes, my dad. All right. So uh, the, and who, 20 years ago, and she's been the trustee for how long? 20 years. And she never distributed the trust to you guys? It's the exemption trust comes to us when she dies. Ah, okay. So, so survivorship. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, you sue her. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You hire a lawyer and sue her ass off. Got it. She's done with the terms exemption trust. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, as opposed to just a trust. Uh, yeah, Valerie. Hi, Valerie. 
Hi, thank you. My stepson is 2006. Okay, I'm having a hard time understanding you. Yeah, this is sort of cutting in and out. Can you try to make it a little clearer? Diction, diction. Sure. My stepson in 2006 took out two student loans. He got someone to all right, you know what? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna. Uh, you could have to call back on this one because you're breaking up, and I have absolutely no ability to hear or understand. All right, uh, Pat, you're up. Welcome. Hey, Bill. So a uh, year ago, January, I booked five flights for a vacation for my family and, on one of the major airlines, and we we upgraded to first class. Really? Uh, for all for all five of you? Yeah. Boy, you like your family. I sure as hell wouldn't do it for my family. <laughs> Matt, let me tell you, anybody who's upgraded is me. And then I look back and smile at my family and coach and tell them the food is pretty good on top of that. All right. What did, what did that cost you, incidentally? It cost me an extra 3000 bucks. Yay! Boy, that's uh, you must really like your family, which I don't get. Okay, so uh, you paid an extra three grand to upgrade everybody. And? Yeah. So then when we get to LAX, to fly out on our vacation, we're informed that the particular jet that we're flying on doesn't have first class. Okay. Happens. So I said, okay, what about, you know, where's, what about all this extra money I've paid you? So for, we, we booked it in January, we flew in August, we bet, we came back, I tried for three months to find somebody anywhere in the airline that could tell me how I could get my money back. Mm-hmm. They all said that they could see on the computer where I had done what I said I had done, which was upgrade to first class, but they could. nobody could tell me how I could get in touch with anybody. All right, so, resolve the got situation. it, got it. I think you clearly have a lawsuit against the airline and uh, small claims, although I don't know how you sue an airline and small claims. But considering the bad press that uh, the airlines recently have had, I would go straight to the media as just another example of the airline stealing money from you. That's it. Just accuse them of stealing money. And here's another family that has been ripped off and see what happens. I wouldn't even threaten it. I'd go straight to the press. See if someone will pick it up. Okay. How, how, any any uh, suggestions who I might go to? Yeah, anybody. Everybody. The newspapers. You live in Southern California? Yep. Okay, go to every television station. Go to every um go to the LA Times. Uh see if you get any uh if you get absolutely any uh, satisfaction there. Uh look up anybody who is suing the airline uh for this sort of thing, treating them badly. Uh in this case just a straight breach of contract. I mean straight out breach yeah. of contract and uh try to get some publicity. And there are lawyers. Oh, trust me, there are lawyers that are suing the airlines these days. And you want to simply say, hey, will you take this case on? And uh, okay. I, yeah, that's what I would do. And I think I think the press is going to just nail these people. And I All would right. and I, I would let you uh, mention the name of the airline. Uh, but uh, am I going to get sued by the airline? I don't it know. has two capital letters. Uh, oh, got it. BB Airline. Got it. Yes, I understand. BB minus. Mm-hmm. Okay, well said. Why not? All right, here's uh, another uh, situation where people are getting absolutely screwed. 
Uh, your internet browsing history and personal data can now be sold to advertisers by the ISP, the internet service providers, without your consent. The president just signed a bill passed by Congress that overturns the Obama administration that said, you know, these ISPs have to obtain permission from you uh, before acquiring and sharing this data. Now they don't have to. Now they can sell it off, which makes it, in my opinion, far easier for uh, the identity thieves to go to work. So, and of course, when they grab your information, and it's out there, I mean, you can't stop them no matter what. Uh, establish credit in your name, uh, clean out bank accounts. And so you don't want that to happen or you want to protect yourself as much as possible, which is why I'm suggesting LifeLock. I've been a customer for years, my entire family, actually, all four of us, because we're all susceptible. I mean, everybody. So here's what LifeLock does. Uh, It monitors, alerts you, and if your identity is compromised, they work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, every business. But in my opinion, LifeLock is right there. It's the best out there. Memberships start at $9.99 a month plus applicable taxes. Go to lifelock.com. Use the promo code HANDLE for 10% off your Ultimate Plus membership. That's promo code HANDLE for 10% off. Or call 800-LIFELOCK, 800-LIFELOCK. This is Handle on the Law. Okay, Julie Slater in the newsroom. Some news, please. When it comes to outdoor lighting, there are yards that are too dark, and then there's Bob's house, which is so bright it's visible from outer space. It is time to beautifully light our homes at night, if only to please the space aliens who are now coming to enslave us. Thanks, Bob. Home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Tomorrow morning at 10 on KFI. AM 640. More stimulating talk. What do you want? KFI AM uh, 640, Bill Handel, and uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, lines are open, 800-520-1KFI, uh, 800-520-1534. Yeah, just to let you know. And it doesn't happen all that often when we have lines open in the middle of the show. Right, back we go to handle on the law, marginal legal advice. Hi, hello, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Yes, sir. A few years ago, my sister was put in an assisted living facility, and I was placed on probation for neglecting her. I was considering becoming her conservator now that I'm off probation because she needs my help. But right counsel said I wouldn't be allowed since I neglected her. Can I reverse the guilty plea? No, you really can't. How many years ago did you plead guilty? Uh, 2013. All right, so uh, just a few years ago. And on what basis are you going to reverse it? She needs my help. Uh, that's, need to... Yeah, but so that makes you not guilty, correct? Well, I was tricked into pleading guilty by my senile attorney. Okay, and uh, oh, that's one argument that you had uh, ineffective counsel. Uh, that's where you're going to have to go is to try to get that guilty. Oh, you can. You can argue, you can argue the guilty plea was you were fraudulently induced into this based on the circumstances, but you know, it's not going to be an easy thing uh to prove because what are the circumstances that he told you to plead guilty? Uh, was there evidence that you did it? Was it just uh, they arrested the wrong guy, you weren't in the state and and you pled guilty? I mean, do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah. So I I, I don't know. The, the point is you get to go to 
Uh, you get to go to a lawyer to find out. And maybe you can go to a trust and estate lawyer and ask for the conservatorship and argue what happened and see if a judge will buy it. Okay. Yeah, so that's what you need. Uh, talk first to a trust and estate lawyer to get the conservatorship and find out where you go on that one. That's kind of an interesting one. I haven't heard that one before. Uh, hi, Angela. Hi, Bill. Yes, ma'am. Um, our family has had a longtime elderly friend who never got married, no children, and who has absolutely nothing financially or in assets. Okay, uh, Angela, Angela, bad, bad phone call. Is this better? Uh, Yes, that is. All right, let's try that. Um, Our family has had a longtime elderly friend. Yeah, no, I got that. Elderly friend who has nothing, no assets, broke. His only relative is his sister who's older than he is. And he now has some dementia, and he's in a hospital facility getting his strength back. Um, But he... um, the, the sister, who lives far away and is not interested in being a part of this, <clears throat> um, I live closer to him, and she would like me to be the power of attorney. Well, it's not her call. Okay. It's uh, it's the call of your elderly friend. Okay. Well, he, he's happy with me doing that. All right. Well, he has to sign off. Right. And uh, sign the power of attorney and then have it notarized. Yes. And uh, then the argument in front of the uh, – if if – well, you're going to then start making decisions on his behalf with the power of attorney. And is there any reason financially or liability? No, no. On your part, no. Prob- no, I don't think so. Okay, because he is going to probably have to do assisted living. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I okay. don't think. But assisted living, I mean, it's going to be the county that's going to put him in assisted living. You're going to have to apply yes. under a county program. And it's, I have to tell you, those are pretty miserable. But you have no other place to go. I mean, what's he going to do? Sit on the has a huge past visa bill accruing in that doesn't matter that's going to go no place okay so yeah. but if i got involved it's not going to hurt me financially no. liability no no not at all okay you're going to be fine not a problem at all all right clark uh hi clark yeah yes hey i got a ticket for uh not having a life vest a personal flotation device and uh so I went to pay I'm assuming you were on a I assuming you were on a boat at the time as opposed to driving your car. That's correct. Although okay, got I would it. Like to wear my life vest to court. Excellent. Um, uh, so I got the ticket. The officer told me to wait a few weeks before I went to the courthouse to pay it. I did that. Uh, I went to the courthouse and they had no record of the ticket. So I waited another week. I went back to the courthouse. They said they had no record of the ticket that it must be in Thunderbolt, Georgia, which is an unincorporated town uh, right outside of Savannah. So I I drove to Thunderbolt. I showed them the ticket. They had no record of the ticket, but they did get me in touch with the the ranger who wrote me the ticket. Uh, And he said that he had delivered the ticket to the courthouse. Yeah, but why would you do that, Clark? Why would you get in touch with the ranger? I mean, think about that. Uh, it's why they don't have a record of it. You want to keep that. You want to keep that issue going. All you can do is hurt yourself by getting in touch with the ranger. And that's what I've done because now I have a ticket uh, subpoena from state court, which I immediately went to the court when I got the subpoena. Yeah. And what happened? And, and they said there's nothing they can do about it now. I have to come to court. Yeah, you go and to co- I, and you go to court. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh. 
Okay, well, it's an arraignment, and uh, the Rangers says he's not going to be able to be there. What should I tell you? That's terrific. Uh, if the Ranger isn't there, you go, Your Honor, there's no one here. You know, I can't uh, I, because uh, I, I there was one, or he can't prove there wasn't one. And then you have an argument uh, that, you, you, Your Honor, I can't confront him. I so can't question that- him here. And then you ask for a dismissal. Okay, and it's okay to tell the judge this? I mean, I'm Yeah, that's have- what you want to tell the judge. Uh, that's what you want to tell the judge. Now, the judge may take the ticket as uh, the evidence that he's going to simply use that ticket as the evidence against you and probably nail you, but at least you have an argument. Uh, because here, I mean, I don't know how it works in Georgia, but here in Southern California or California, depending on the county, L.A. County, because that's where I live in, uh, the cop doesn't show up. It's over. That's it. Thank you. Dismissal. So uh, the argument I would argue, the the argument I would make is, Your Honor, he's not even here for me to question him. And it, and there was no ticket. I there was no ticket. I don't have it. Other than weeks later, when he said, "Oh yeah, I can't question him on his memory. I can't question him on whether I'm that person or not." And I, that should be enough. Well, should I wear the life vest to court? Can you bring the life vest? That doesn't prove uh, whether or not you had it on the boat. No, I mean, should I wear it? That, you know, if you wore a life vest vest to court, I would give you five years just for being an ass showing up. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, you do not do that. You imagine wearing a life vest. But maybe with a, you know what? Maybe with a, a tie. Formal tie, life vest, and then maybe a coat over that. And you argue it's a three piece suit. Should I wear a life? Should I wear the life vest to court? That you got to give him this. I've never had anybody ask that question. This is handle on the law. Uh, KFI AM uh, 640, Bill Handel. Oh, yeah. Uh, is this hour number three on a rainy day? Uh, yes, it is of the legal show. Hey, next Saturday, uh, there's going to be a System Pavers Home Expo uh, with Reborn Cabinets. And it's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Home improvement, uh, talk to contractors, landscape design. Hogue Hospital, Orange County Fire will be there. Big, big deal. And it's going to be at... Uh, The System Pavers Design Center in Santa Ana, 11 to 3. And I will be there and hope that you are too. There'll be a lot there and raffles and prizes and all of that. California Wine Club, free samples. I mean, a lot of good stuff. That's uh, next Saturday. All right. Phone number 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Okay, a story about egging a car. All right, uh, you know how big a deal is this? So I had to have some spin here. So uh, an eyewitness calls is Oklahoma. An eyewitness calls nine one one to report uh, this incident of vandalism, and uh, the caller was driving by and he sees a woman hurling raw eggs to park cars. And a neighbor across the street captures the whole thing on surveillance uh, video. 
And the suspect uh, allegedly accused of, although there's video, so I could probably say she did it, uh, egged five cars that were legally parked in front of a home. And uh, after talking to the neighbors, uh, they, the police finally got the story uh, that the family who lives at the home has been involved in a very long-standing showdown with City Hall over the parking along the street in front of their home. And it is legal for the cars to park on their side of the street, but the people across the street are having this huge hassle uh, with it. So uh, what happens? Uh, well, they police arrested 37-year-old Kelly Hensley for the crime, and she's been charged with a misdemeanor uh, crime for molesting a standing vehicle. When I first uh, read molesting a standing vehicle, I thought that that was a sex crime. Really, and then more, and then on top of that, how does a woman molest a car? I can see how a man molests a car, gas tank and all, you know, opening the the thing. I get it, but how does a woman do that? I don't know. So why is this story uh, more than just a story? Because it was an attorney who'd egged the car. It's a lawyer who did that. So uh, from her attorney. Uh, there is no comment about the case. By the way, people, guys have been charged with that, uh, you know, molesting the car. You know, now, is that rape? Consenting cars? I don't know. How old is the car? I don't know. All right. Uh, let's uh, do it. Here we go, George. Hello, George. Yes. Yeah, this, this, is, this is your favorite uh, law student. Oh, of course. Hello, uh, George. I, I went I went down to see uh, your colleague uh, that I had met at Law Day four or five years ago. Very brilliant attorney, Mississippi A.O. Yeah, 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 I got it. Yes, yes, yeah. and he is. And, okay, 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 go ahead. I know. So anyway, Bill, I had, been, I had been down in that area, you know, for 52 years, and I went down there and I got lost. And, and I was using the GPS, and then the GPS would tell me to go in one direction, and I would go in the wrong direction and get and get off the so-called scenic highway and get back on. But I was going through the automated toll, toll booth each time. So, and it said something that pay in five days or something yes, like yes. that. Yes, yes, that's, that's the way it works, yes. Yeah, okay, so what happened, I'm sitting back waiting for the invoice uh, to, to uh, you know, to, to pay the tolls. I, I, didn't, I didn't get one. Yeah, and nor nor are you ever going to get an invoice other than you're late and you owe the money and you're in violation. Well, well, that's that's true. So I, I got a bill for seven hundred. Yeah, that's a little bit. That's a little bit pricey. Yeah. Oh, and uh, okay, how many? And first of all, how many times uh, did you go through the toll road? Uh, seven times. All right, seven times, and so. Uh, yeah, you know, you have a $35 fine. I can see that. Uh, maybe even that would be $100 if you haven't paid the bill. Yeah, I mean, they, they do that. And, I, you know, I don't know the amount because, you know, George, you know what I do? Is okay. I pay my bills. I go on to the website because here's how it works. And for those people that are listening, here's how many tolls uh, work, toll roads work across the country. Is they don't have uh, toll booths anymore right. where they have to pay people <laughs> to take the money. So what they do is they're all electronic, and if you don't have one of those transponders that automatically clicks when you go through and you preload them with money, it's much like a prepaid credit card. 
then uh, you go through a toll booth, and I don't have those, and I, go, I take that road all the time, and then there's a flash, and the camera takes a picture of your license plate, and then there are signs all over the place saying, if you don't have a transponder, then you must go on the website and pay this toll, and here's what it was, and they tell you how much it is because they have those huge overhead signs, and you have those the signage that say, hey, here is uh, where you go on the website. You have five days. George, what part of you didn't read one of those? Am I missing here? I, I didn't see any signs like that, Bill. Yeah, well, there are signs all over the place, so maybe they're going to get you not only for violating the toll rules, but for, let's say, driving while not sighted. <laughs> uh, I tell I tell you what, Bill. I I, uh, to, I to let, to let let the audience know that I talk with uh, I talk with a representative, and they they're willing to reduce. It then down reduce it. Then take it. Ninety dollars. Ninety dollars for the whole thing. Yes. Pay it. Uh, y- yes. Pay I, it. I Just pay it. Pay it. Nothing more. Nothing less. So wait, that's that's the future of toll roads, and the signage is pretty clear. I must tell you. All right, Linda. Hi, Linda. Linda, Hi. yes. Okay. Um, my son had a, a, a girlfriend who financed a car for him. Well, she signed for it. Okay. And um, she's no lo- they're no longer boyfriend and girlfriend. She got into something and ended up in jail. She's gone for quite a while. So, But he's always made the payments. Okay, my fair question enough. Is, my question is... How can he legally get this car into his name? So wait, the car is in the car is in her name or in both yeah. their names? No, just her name. Uh, you, how legally can you do it? Well, she has to yeah. she has to transfer the car over, uh, and uh, it's done all the time. She just uh, runs what we call a, a, just signs the pink slip and says, "I'm just uh, transferring ownership of the card and then, uh, of the car," and then he just goes to the Department of Motor Vehicles. It's not that complicated. The part that's the part is who owes the money. Who took out the loan? Um, who financed it through the dealership? Yeah, yeah. Who is uh, who? Her. The loan is. It's all in her name. She owns the car. Yes, she owns. owes the money. Uh, why mm-hmm. don't they just walk away or cut a deal in getting the car financed through uh, an organization? Uh, you know, a lending organization through a bank. See, she's in prison now. Doesn't matter. And she, she's not going to be out for like at least six years or more. It doesn't matter. She can she still do. I understand, but without her cooperation, it's not going to happen. So the only way is to yeah, it's for her. her yeah, it's for her to sign off and for him to obtain a loan. Because if I were, mm-hmm. if I were she, if I were her, uh, what I would do is say, uh, unless you get the loan, I'm not signing Jack. Now, if he walks away. Uh, she has a car that she can't afford to keep, and they'll, repo- they'll repossess it, and it'll be really bad on her credit. But how upset can she be about her credit when she's sitting in jail for six years? I mean, that's going to be mm-hmm. the least of her problems. What did she uh, do that uh, she obtained a six-year sentence? We're not sure, but she got into stripping. She was a stripper. That's legal, by the way. Some... No, that's totally legal. Oh, you... yeah, oh no. I know. Yeah, what but do you think? I, what do you think? Some... I, what do you think? I met my wife. Uh, please. It's... <laughs> she got in with some really bad. Okay. People. So you don't know exactly. And you don't know exactly what no, she did. All right. They did something, and she was involved. Okay. And now she's gone. Yeah. Fair enough. So the bottom line is, without her 
cooperation, and there's no reason for her not to cooperate, incidentally, but he's not going to be able to force it at all, at all. What he has is a free car to drive around until they repossess it. That's not bad. This is Handle on the Law. Okay, Julie Slater with some news. Coming up on Sunday morning with Elizabeth Espinosa. Bonjour. Je vais parler français. Okay, take it easy. I know I speak French, but guess what? The French elections are taking place right now. Who's going to be president and why it matters? Because it does matter for you. All the details coming up. Sunday morning with Elizabeth Espinosa. Tomorrow morning at 5 on KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Uh, 640. Bill Handel here on a uh, Saturday, rainy Saturday, 800-520-1-KFI, 800-520-1534. Eric! Hello, Eric. Oh, welcome to Handle on the Law. All right, Eric, you're up. Yeah, I had... um... And uh, I had a job in 2011, got laid off, I ended up defaulting on a credit card. Um, when I uh, gained employment again in the effort to clear my credit, I tried to contact the company and find out they were no longer in existence. So uh, recently, I get a call from a collector at my job stating that there's a judgment against me and I owe double the amount. Of okay, what uh, I so let me, let me stop you right there. Uh, this mm-hmm. was, what, six years ago that you defaulted? I have that yes. right? Six years ago. Okay, so yes. Yes. Uh, here in California, the statute is four years, and it depends on the state. And It's real easy to look it up. Just Google uh, your state, and statute of limitations, credit card, uh, or any breach of contract, written contract, which is a credit card loan. And the issue is not that they can't sue you because they can't anymore, Eric. The issue is the hounding that you're going to get over the next maybe 10 years because if I, I've explained so many times, it's a question of they say, here you they call it paper. So you have paper in which you owe, uh, let's say ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars. Well, they can't collect. They can't sue, but they can't collect. So they're gonna call you, and uh, then if they don't collect, off they go selling it to another company for half the value of what they paid for it, and then that doesn't work, and they just keep on selling it to finally at some point uh, they're paying pennies on the dollar, hoping. They can collect from you, and it's just a question of numbers. And you'll hear things from them because collectors can be sleazeballs, although the ones that I've run into uh, most of my career have been pretty good. But maybe it's because they know I'm a lawyer, and they're not going to screw around with me or any lawyer. And that is, and I've heard this from uh, clients way back when, and even people call on the show, hi, the statute of limitations is not over. The the rules have changed. That's a bunch of crap. Uh, Hi, just pay... $10 towards the bill just to show good faith reaffirms the contract instantly. We're going to destroy your credit. That's something else that they can ding your credit and you're in for a fight, but you're better in for a fight unless you want to write a check to these guys. How much money do they want? 
um, but they wanted seven thousand. Yeah, originally. I and now yeah, it's a seven thousand originally. How much do they want now? No, 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 no. Originally it was uh, four thousand. Yeah, now, now they want seven. Okay, yeah, over six years. So the interest rate isn't horrible because I thought it would be with the interest rates and the penalties. I thought it would be one point eight million dollars on an original four thousand dollar bill. But that's what you're going to get into. That's what you're going to see. And you're going to have to deal with collection agencies forever, and you keep on saying sorry about that, or even better off. If you're actually talking to a real person, here's what I would do. I just would pull some attorney's name uh, somewhere and just say, hey, you, you know what? Why don't you call my lawyer, and let me give you his name and phone number. Conversation over. Great. Conversation is done, and I think they wouldn't ding your credit under those circumstances. If I were a collection agency, I wouldn't. So that's the way I would handle it. All right. Your internet browsing history. Uh, Personal data. I mean, this is also about collections and losing your identity to some cockroach identity thief. You know that your personal data and browsing history can now be sold to advertisers by the internet service providers. The laws just changed. Didn't used to be. Now it can. And it's all about identity theft, as you know, America's fastest growing crime. Thieves use your information to pretend they're you, credit, bank accounts. So how do you protect yourself? Well, LifeLock. Certainly in my case, it's LifeLock and has been for way before I started telling you about this on this program. LifeLock. Not only do they monitor what's going on with you, but they also alert you if there's an issue. For example, I had a credit app, uh, a credit run on me a few months ago. They told me instantly. It turned to be legitimate. But they told me instantly. And if your identity is compromised, they work to fix that problem. That's what's unique here. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, every business. But in my opinion, LifeLock is the best out there. Memberships start at $9.99 a month plus applicable taxes. Go to LifeLock.com. Promo code HANDLE for 10% off your ultimate plus membership. LifeLock.com. Promo code HANDLE. Or call 800-LIFELOCK. 800-LIFELOCK. Okay. Uh, Julie, so this is Handle on the Law. I always have to end it. Beginning and end, right? Just to let you know in case you have no idea what this show's about. Okay, Julie Slater, uh, news update. KFI News, where local leads. KFI, an iHeartRadio station. KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handel on a uh, rainy Saturday morning. Oh, coming up a week from Saturday, it's Law Day 2017. Uh, yep, Law Day is back. We didn't do it last year for whatever reason, but we are, maybe the last couple of years, but we are doing it at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana starting at 9 o'clock, 9 to, uh, 9 to 2 o'clock. Over 100 lawyers from HandleOnTheLaw.com in every area of the law. Free legal advice. That's the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. So hope to see you there. I'll be broadcasting in the morning, and I'll be there for the rest of the day. And we got all kinds of neat stuff and lawyers to tell you you have no case. A hundred of them, strangely enough. All right. uh, Back we go to handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. Hi, Valerie. Valerie, you're up. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. My stepson took out two student loans in 2006. He got someone to sign, or he signed my husband's name as a co-signer. Since then, he has defaulted on the loans, and my husband's credit is shot. 
we've written the credit card um, bureaus. We wrote the um, collection agency for the student loans, and they said there's nothing they can do because my husband co-signed. But uh, no, no, no. There is something you can do, and that is uh, if you have a forged signature and you didn't even know it was forged because the loan is being paid for, so there is no reason for you to have gone through and uh, gone through every document anybody has ever written up and uh, say, oh, gee, is my signature forged? That becomes impossible. Uh, there, who's ever telling you that there's nothing you can do or nothing they can do is just wrong. So the first thing you have to do is dispute every uh, negative credit rating out there. Just dispute it. Put on there, I am a victim of, fo- of fraud, and my signature was forged on this document. That's for starters. And then... Uh, you know that you're not the only one that's done that uh, or it's happened to. So uh, I can't tell you what steps to take, but I don't think it's that hard to find out what steps to take. Uh, it's uh, now it's a criminal. Uh, it's a criminal matter. Uh, but I think there is a statute there where uh, is this your son? Is this your stepson? Yes, my yeah. husband's son. Yeah. And did you tell your uh, husband congratulations on having uh, had a son that's such a cockroach? Are they talking to each other? Yes. yes. Wow. Wow. And what does he say? How does he defend himself? He said that he gave it to his mom. So we think that his mom signed his dad's name. All right. So it wasn't him. It was his mom. The, oh, the ex. Okay. Well, you get to find out how uh, to straighten that out other than... Uh, all I can do is uh, say you go to the credit people, dispute all this business. And then there there has to be a mechanism within the student loan organization. I can't imagine that uh, someone forges your name. Too bad. Someone forged your name. There's nothing we can do. I mean, I don't think it works that way. I really don't. Raymond. Hi, Raymond. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi there. Yes, yes sir. Uh, question. Uh, I work retail, so... Uh, one day we had this uh, angry customer that came in, and when he didn't uh, get the the thing he wanted, uh, he spoke in a, a threatening manner, and he, he snapped a photo of the associate that was working dealing with him. Uh, is that legal? Yeah, probably. Take a picture of yeah. permission. Sure. And also, yeah, it's a public place. I, you know, I yeah, I think that's legal. But so what? He took a, so. What do you care that he took a picture? Well, then he, and then he said that you better watch your back, and that's it. Ah, now, said, that's off. a throw. Oh, did you call the police? Uh, no. Why? That sounds like a threat to me. Well, you know, at retail, they say oh, customers are always... No, no, no. Really? It, a customer... Wait, wait, wait. Like a customer walk... Well, how about this? A customer walks in with a weapon and uh, says, I want the money in the cash register. Well, customer's always right. Wait, you think customers are allowed to threaten clerks? I mean, what planet are you on? So he, yeah. so he calls the police, and it was the threat. And the fact that he took the picture adds to the threat. So that's where he wants to go. Customer's always right. God, I love that one, huh? Okay, yeah. Well, if I were a customer and I was a bad customer, I, that's the clerk I want. All right, Nina. Hi, Yes, ma'am. What can um, I do for you? Looking, how can I go get? A, uh, how could I go getting about a medical power of attorney? Yep, you. I'm healthy, I, but I have no relatives, and um, I would like to get one. Yeah, and who's going to be? And who is going to have the power of attorney? 
I would have a friend do it. All right. So you just get the form and fill out the power of attorney. How do I get the form? It's on the computer. There are, there are forms you can get for free. Okay. So yeah, they're called here, – here it is. It's very complicated. They're called powers of attorney. Okay? Put that into the search bar. And you'll see up pops, well, strangely enough, powers of attorney forms. And you want a limited power of attorney, obviously, in the event that uh, you cannot make any decisions. Does and they're, they're, I'm sorry? Does it need to be notarized? Yes. Okay. That answers that question, doesn't it? All right. Uh, Peter. Oh, no, it's uh, Dino. It's your turn. Hello, Dino. Welcome. Hey, Bill. Yes. Um, I'm a resident of uh, Michigan. I went to work for a trucking company in Illinois. Um, I was uh, four weeks into a 12-week probationary period. Um, I got hurt on the job. While I was recovering from my uh, work injury, um, the company uh, terminated me and uh, without cause because they said, um, you know, while I was in the probationary period, you know, they could could do that without reason. so during um, they are, not only did they terminate me, but then now they're disputing my workman's comp case. Oh, that's it. Based uh, on what? That they shy? That, that uh, no, that doesn't work. Uh, no, uh, you're not being fired for cause. You simply are being fired because they can fire you within the probationary period. Now, obviously, I don't pr- right. practice in Michigan because you have two conflicting issues going on. Number one, right. during a probationary period, they have the right to say, eh, "You know what? We've changed our mind. We don't want at all." Uh, at the end of the probationary period, before you go into, let's say, the 91st day, they go, it's not working out, uh, you're gone, and they have to, the absolute right. That's one issue of the law. The other side is they can't let you go because of a medical issue. And, right. yeah, you get to what, – what I would do is simply call the labor board uh, in uh, Michigan. Okay. Just ask someone there or pull out the uh, the code. I mean, it's all there available on the Internet and start well, reading the, the company. The company's in Illinois that I was hired on. Uh, yeah. Then you pull that, out. That's uh, where they're based. Yeah, you pull out Illinois law, and uh, so you know, yeah. All my all my training reports. I have a copy of all my training reports, and they were all outstanding. Yeah, no, that helps you. That that helps. That helps you because know? and when they're defending the uh, they're defending it simply saying during the probationary period uh, we simply don't want him back. And that may be a violation of uh, Illinois law that says, great, you have the right, absolutely, but not for medical reasons. And then the argument is, uh, is someone exempted from that provision or their right to do that if they refuse to bring you back for medical reasons? Now, they're going to, I think, on workers' comp, they're going to lose that one uh, because the only way you can collect uh, workers' comp, certainly here, and I'm assuming there also, is uh, that you were fired for cause, which you weren't, and or you quit, which you weren't, which you didn't do. So pull out the law. Uh, you may even want to buy an hour of a labor law attorney's time, a couple hundred bucks. You know, what they're, what they're doing now, what they're doing by disputing my workman's comp injury is that they forced a hearing back in Illinois that I have to appear on. And what they're, I think what they're thinking is I'm not going to go back yeah, to Yeah, well, Illinois. actually, and call, and you want to call the workers' comp board and see if you can do it by letter. 
Oh, they no, they said I had to appear. Otherwise, yeah, I'll, then I'll, you get I'll, then you get which to. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to definitely appear. Then there's nothing else you can do and argue otherwise, it. I, otherwise, I'll lose. Yeah, I think you're going, but I think you're going to. You're going to probably win the case if I understand labor board. Yeah, it's a 15 minute hearing. Yeah, no, and, I know uh, it goes. It goes pretty. Otherwise, I'm. Re, I'm yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I gave you all the advice I could. Uh, that's it. That's handle on the law, marginal advice. And that was, if I had one to 10 on the marginality of that, uh, 6.3 maybe, maybe. This is Handle on the Law. All right, Julie Slater with some news. Next on the Mo Kelly Show, the GOP crosses the first hurdle in their promise to repeal and replace Obamacare. But will they trip on the next one, which is more difficult? Hillary's back. And Hall of Fame basketball player and Hall of Fame quote machine Charles Barkley joins me in studio for an exclusive extended conversation to preview his docuseries, American Race. Mo Kelly, tonight at 6, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handel here. Saturday morning. Rainy Saturday morning. Welcome back to Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, Tim. Tim, you're up. Welcome to the show. Uh, hey, what's going on? Yes, sir. Uh, oh, okay, so me and a girl uh, like did something we shouldn't have, and uh, she's trying to get me to, like, Put the payment on it. Okay, what? So uh, hold on, the, Tim. What is it that you did something you shouldn't have? Uh, like a a smushmorshin. <laughs> uh, like a what? Uh, uh like a, an abortion. <laughs> uh, wait a sec. You she okay? She had an abortion. Yeah. Oh, all right. She already had an abortion. Okay, well, a lot of people would argue that it's something that should be done or could have been done or is okay to be done. I mean, morally, that's uh, an issue that people have to deal with individual. Legally, there's no issue. She, of course, can have an abortion. And now she wants you to pay for half of it, Tim? Yes, sir. Okay. How about a big no thanks? Now, <laughs> do, you have a, uh, do you have a relationship with her at all, Tim? Uh, no, not really. Then you can just tell her to go pound sand. I mean, there's nothing she can do. I mean, there's a moral issue. Yeah. I, I mean, guess. in reality, uh, you, I mean, do you do it uh, simply because uh, you were part of it? I think certainly half of uh, what caused the abortion. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And how much is abortion? Uh, what, what kind of money are you talking about? Like 300 or something. Yeah. See, that's pretty cheap. I mean, abortions tend to be really inexpensive. So do you pay $150? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, That's up to you to decide. But legally, the answer is absolutely not. Of course, you don't have to pay for uh, an abortion. All right, Peter. Hi, Noel. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? We've got an issue in Vegas. Yes. Uh, a, few months ago, a few months ago, I went over there for an audition. I uh, went over for work. Uh, got a hotel room. Jumped in the shower. Tilted about a 200-pound shower door, about an inch thick of glass, was off the hinge, broke right in the shower. Mm. Yes, I ended up cutting myself up, ended up getting uh, pretty well. But there, the phone, there was no phone in my hotel room. I, there was no way I could call out for help. What do you mean there's no phone? The what, ho- what hotel room doesn't have a phone? Where were you staying? What flea bag were you staying in? Actually, I, right now, i tell you right now, I was over at the Gold Spike. Okay, which is okay, which is a a legitimate. I don't. I'm not familiar with it, but it's a legitimate hotel. I mean, with uh, real people in the lobby, kind of thing. 
Yeah, well, actually, it's not people in the lobby. It's owned by the Downtown Project, uh, which owns about six properties. In All right, now, but Vegas it's right but now. it's still a legitimate hotel, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, question number one: What were you auditioning for? Just curious. Just some stage work. I'm sorry. Working in some stage work in the comedy business. Oh, okay. So you're a comedian. You're not one of those strippers or uh, one of those great-looking gay guys who pretend to be straight. None of that, right? I'm just going to have to pay people to strip in front of them. Okay, excellent. Well said. So uh, your question is, uh, and how badly were you cut up, incidentally? I had 70 lacerations. Three of them required stitches. Uh, in the and one of, They were in my feet. Uh, ended up getting cut up, missed the audition. Um, went in. The only reason I know it, the reason I'm calling is because now my bills are in collections. They didn't Okay, and you're out. talking about your medical bills. Yes. Okay. Uh, first of all, you're not going to be able to get any compensation for missing the audition because the damages are you didn't get the part, and that's too speculative. Now, as far as the medical bills are concerned, that is a totally different animal. Uh, you start with uh, the fact that uh, when they went and built the hotel or remodeled the hotel, they shouldn't have bought the Explodo 100 doors, Okay, that, that's the wrong door to have bought. And so those things should not, uh, this all tempered glass and it shouldn't shatter at all. Even when you break them, they shouldn't break apart. So uh, you've, got, uh, you've got some medical bills. Have you submitted them to the hotel? Uh, they have been submitted. The hotel has known about them for about two and a half months now. For all right, and they haven't done anything? All right, so now you get to really push them hard. And if you can't, you have to end up suing them. And frankly, I think there are lawyers out there that would handle that's enough of an issue where we're talking, what, 70 lacerations as stitches at all? Uh, yeah, three of them had stitches. Okay. A lot of them had to be irrigated. All right. Well, painful. yeah, it's the irrigation thing is yeah, fine. It's part of your medical bills. But uh, it was just your feet? Uh, it was feet, legs, arms, uh, a little bit on the chest. Okay. So uh, your face, uh, nothing, right? Nothing. See, that would have helped a lot. If your face had been cut up, uh, that would have really helped. So it's very bad luck on your part that you didn't get your face all sliced up. Uh, It's a medical case. You want to go to a PI attorney on that. There's enough there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's no question. Oh, there you go. There's a hotel. And no phone in the room on top of that. Boy, what does that tell you? This is Handle on the Law. Uh, 640 handle here on a uh, Saturday morning, rainy Saturday morning. And it's going to rain all weekend. A couple hours more to go till the end of the show when Leo Laporte comes aboard. Okay, uh, now, phone numbers. Oh, we actually have some lines. There are a couple open. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. All right. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. We in the United States uh, really take the concept of freedom of religion to probably its uh, highest, if you will, level, although a lot of people think that uh, we've gone over the top. For example, uh, well, uh, you can't define what a religion is. The IRS can define what a religion is. 
in terms of you setting up your house as a church. No, I don't think so. But short of that, a religion is a religion. You're allowed to practice. To the point where, did you know in the U.S. Army there are Wiccan chaplains? I mean, it's crazy. Well, it's not crazy if you're a Wiccan, but uh, it's it's a question there of religion. There are Muslim chaplains. Uh, there are certainly, obviously, Catholic, Christian, uh, Mormon chaplains, Jewish chaplains. So here is uh, something that happened in Minnesota I want to share with you. Uh, there is a memorial park that has been opened, uh, and it's been designated a limited open forum uh, where private citizens can apply to put temporary monuments as long as they honor veterans. And it was a little bit uh, dicey in terms of a public park and allowing religious uh, a, a, a religious monument, and uh, the argument is, well, it's more about honoring veterans and the uh, the ACLU bought it. I mean, no one really argued. It was temporary. It was in a park. Uh, it was designated in a certain place. Uh, and it was open to everybody. In, uh, including uh, the Satanists. Who have uh, their own memorial. And it's a black cube. Of which all four sides have an upside down pentagram. And an upside-down helmet, military helmet, to honor veterans who have died. And do you think the city fought it? Do you think the city council said, we can't have a Satanist memorial? They said, oh, no, go ahead. There's no question. Uh, The application was received, approved by the city from the Satanic Temple in Salem, Massachusetts. Now, Salem witch trials? Isn't that interesting? So you're talking about witches who are applying to the city council of Salem so they can have their memorial as Satanists. And um, the uh, founder of the Satanic Temple uh, and its nonprofit group, Reason Alliance, which also has to be granted nonprofit, 5013C or 51C3, uh, status because the government can't discriminate on that one. Uh, she said the application met, met the criteria of the city policy. Uh, so uh, they had to approve it, and they did. Now, the group says it doesn't worship Satan, but is a non-theistic religious group that venerates the mythological narrative construct of the ultimate rebel against tyranny best embodied by Satan. Huh? What am I missing here? If they believe in the concept that Satan embodies, they don't believe in Satan. All right, go figure. Anyway, uh, so that's a fun case. All right, uh, let's take some uh, phone calls. Uh, let me see who we want. All right, Rick, let's do it. Rick, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, good morning. I want to know what I can counter sue someone um, for. Uh, possibly frivolous lawsuit, if their lawsuit doesn't uh, um, survive um, against me, and if they don't sue me for the threat of a lawsuit, I got someone suing me for personal injury. They walked off a boat dock. Um, I'm in Marina Del Rey. Walked off a boat dock with a drink in their hand because they were drunk, and they were staying on a friend's boat, and they're blaming me, saying that my boat washer 
um, had stuff on the deck that. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, so has it been established that that person was drunk or is it just, uh, you know, he was drunk? No. Uh, it's a, yeah, she, she, it's a she, but yes. Well, you know what? Yeah, I'm in my statement to my insurance company. Okay, but that's your statement. But let me stop right now. It's your statement. The proof that she was drunk is you saying she was drunk. Um, That's correct. Okay, then she she wasn't drunk. Although I think the hospital will confirm that. Well, if if they put, but they're not going to release the records to you. And so did the hospital, when she was taken to the hospital, did they do a uh, alcohol uh, blood level test? I don't know. She broke her ankle. Yeah, they don't do that. Every time I've broken my, and I've broken a lot of uh, limbs, they never did a breathalyzer or a blood test for alcohol ever. So you've got nothing there in terms of her being drunk. Now, her argument is that you had stuff on the uh, on the deck and she slipped off and uh, broke, her, broke her leg. All right. That's, her, that's what she's arguing. So what, what do you want to sue her for? Um, well, suing her for threatening, threatening and blaming me. She can blame you all day long and she can threaten you all day long saying, I'm going to file a lawsuit against you. And if they do file a lawsuit and lose. Yeah. Then they filed a lawsuit and lost. Okay. So I just defend. Yeah. That's all you can. That's all you can do. There's no countersuit there. What's my liability if they find that my boat worker did have somebody who was washed. Then your liability is for the broken leg. But it's not a lot. You know, we're not talking about a zillion dollars here. I mean, what's a broken leg worth? Uh, it's well, the a f- attorney's letter said she's permanently injured. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to hear that. Yeah, but that's crap. You have insurance, right? I've got, I've got boat insurance. Then yeah. just turn it over to the now and let the insurance uh, people argue, well, it's not really boat insurance uh, because you left stuff on the deck and it's not covered. So you're going to hit it. You're going to get it from both ends. You're going to have an attorney scream that uh, she's permanently injured and will have hallucinations for the rest of her life and will never yeah. be able to have children. And every time she has sex, all she imagines is her foot being broken. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's all crap. It's all crap. So don't worry about that. And then your insurance company is uh, going to try to deny covering you based on what you said or based on what happened. And then you get to tell the insurance company, oh, you're going to cover it or you're going to get your ass sued off. And so it's uh, it's going to be a little fight. But in the end, uh, they'll offer her and pay her a few thousand dollars and you're done. That's okay, it. Because I'm worried. No, no, you're not. No, 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 no. And how much insurance do you have? Um, it's, uh, 300,000. Uh, yeah, believe me, she's not going to get anywhere near 300,000 for a broken leg. If she did, I'd be breaking my leg every 10 minutes. <laughs> so I, no, uh, you, you don't worry about that at all. Hello, Anthony. Hey. Yes. All right. Uh, a friend of mine, she lives in a condo, um, gated community HOA fees. Um, there's about. 50 condos, not enough parking. Um, they're supposed to be parking in the garage. Some of the people take up parking spots. I'm disabled. Uh, one day I showed up to her house to park. There was nothing there. Parked in front of her house. They fined her $100 for me parking yes. in front of her house. And? And is there supposed to be disabled parking? And if there's not enough parking and they right. I, yeah I don't, no I, you know what I don't know the answer to that do you now, do you have a hap, handicap pla- uh parking cl- a placard yes and it was up okay so but there wasn't a handicap parking space and the space was no. full 
I don't know every, every if you know, I don't know if they were in violation. It could be grandfathered in, but it's been a lot of years since you have to have handicap parking. Uh, you had to have some allotted spaces. How old is the condo? Ooh, um, that I do not have to ask them. Okay, but I'm assuming it's it's probably not 50, 60, 70 years old. Now, uh, we went to go fight it real quick. Uh, we went to go fight it uh, with their um, little HOA yes. meeting. Um, a lot of people, a lot of the residents park in front of their house, and, and we were going around and asking yep. these people if they were getting letters and fines and stuff like that. And a lot of them said no. It seems like because she's one of the youngest ones Got in it. the All right, so, uh, so here's – I think there's two issues here. Number one is whether or not they had to have handicap parking. But in the end, even if there was handicap parking and they were filled and all the parking spaces were taken, then all everything was filled up. So the only issue is uh, how many parking spaces should they have had in handicapped parking, which they clearly violated, assuming there's a statute out there, which there is, and you have to have X number of handicapped parking. Uh, and does it necessarily uh, connect to you not having a parking space? Because what you're saying is not only I would have had a parking spot if there was handicapped parking. And then the argument is, but how about other people? What if they're handicapped? Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, I am allowed to park in front of uh, the uh, in, in the driveway. And so you've got two arguments there. She has two arguments. Number one is uh, it's selective enforcement, uh, which is unfair. And I would call the city on the, uh, the HOA and just say the entire place is in violation and force okay. the issue. Now, I wouldn't uh, put her name on it, on the complaint, because then you have the HOA that hates her. But, well, they already do. Well, then you just... Go ahead and you, uh, you you argue you're not going to uh, you're not going to pay the hundred dollars or she's not and says let's do it. You go ahead and lean my property and we've got all kinds of problems and you know if I have to I'll get a lawyer and uh, there's some big sanctions on if they want to go there. And by the way, I've called the city and they may have to uh, literally create handicapped parking spaces and those by law have to be X number of feet wide, which means they're going to lose some parking spaces. But that's the way it goes. Uh, That's a little complicated. This is Handle on the Law. All right, Julie Slater, KFI Newsroom. When it comes to outdoor lighting, there are yards that are too dark, and then there's Bob's house, which is so bright it's visible from outer space. It is time to beautifully light our homes at night, if only to please the space aliens who are now coming to enslave us. Thanks, Bob. Home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Tomorrow morning at 10 on KFI. AM 640. More stimulating talk. By AM uh, 640. Handle here until 11 o'clock. Back we go. More handle on the law. All right, Lindsay. Lindsay, you're up. Bill, it's Lindsay. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so since I saw you on Saturday, I went and I had to get like just like little highlights in my hair. And I sat down, and the chick put on the product on my hair, 
kept me under the dryer for the like chick. An hour. That's a good start. Okay. Well, I mean, no, I get it. No, I get it. If, if now, people, no, right. if people knew who you were, uh, you know, that would be totally appropriate for you to say the right. chick. Yeah, no exactly. surprise there. All right. Right. So, right. No so she so, put highlights in your hair. Yeah, and now I have no hair. Oh, you're bald. Yeah, I'm. I'm like sporting. Yeah. Wait, I there was. It, so I, I had to, what I ended up having to do is I had to go to because my hair turned into cotton candy, so it is essentially just dissolved outside of like a little bit of my hair. Wow! Wow! Okay. Go to a barber and totally yeah. Shave my so head. you're so you're basically bald. Yeah. All right. First of all, do you you know what I look like? We've met, correct? You have way more hair than me. Yeah, um, but. If you know what I look like and you expect any sympathy from me at all in terms of being bald, that is simply not going to happen. I and, know. And if I'm on a jury uh, deciding whether or not uh, the hairdresser is liable, where do you think I'm going to go? Hell, I ain't bad. I don't care. I don't care where you're going to go. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, uh, there. I God, send me a picture, would you please? I, I no, def- I totally will. Oh no, will. yeah, no, I definitely want to see you bald. I would love that. Yeah, in any thanks. case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, there's liability there, and then yeah. the, then the only issue is uh, what is uh, what is the liability, and how much money are you going to get? And you're going to be talking to the insurance company, and right. I, and I don't know what that is worth. A woman being bald is uh, obviously very different than a man being bald. Ta da! Right. Look at me. I've done okay. Well, yeah. No, you're doing great. Yeah. Well, I actually, like, I'm looking at I'm looking at pictures of like. Like, you know, stars. You're not a star, but, no, you know, no. like, other stars. No, I get but... it. People are bald. Yeah, thank you very much, and I'm not a star. Girls are sporting it. No, I get it. No, I get it. That's the million dollars right. for a movie. Well, you're not going to, yes, uh, that's $20 million, not because they're bald. Uh, but, no, 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 I'm not asking for yeah, that. I'm no, I, I get yeah. that. And I here's here's the problem, is uh, is figuring out the, the value, and I don't know what the value is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you're going to, you know what I would do? I would talk to a PI attorney oh, just to find out wh- where you sit on that. Uh, okay. Go, um, you know, uh, I, I know you were going to move. Uh, are you still in Southern California? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're still moving. Okay. Uh, and when, when are you moving? Not until August. Okay, good. Uh, you know what? Uh, Law Day is coming up. As I know, you I'm know. Be there. Yeah, you want to okay. be there, and I'll direct okay. you. Now, I'll direct you to an attorney or two just to figure out what that is worth. I think you're probably going to be negotiating yourself with the insurance company, of, yeah. uh, the hairstylist, because uh, it's it's not enough for a lawyer to take a third or forty percent because there's not enough sure. there. Uh, right. But there's something there because you do have. Uh, I'm assuming the cost of the wig. Uh, are you are you walking around with a wig? Oh no, I'm sporting it. Just you know what? I I, if you get a wig and pretend you're an Orthodox Jewish woman, uh, <laughs> then you you've got that cost. And uh, and what's it worth? Now here here's the problem. Also, and if I'm on the insurance company, knowing that you're walking around bald and you're okay with that, uh, then the damage, the psychological damage, uh, is much less. I would feel. Well, I'm. They're lucky that it, my personality. Yeah, is I understand, is. but that doesn't. So, but Lindsay, that doesn't right. help you. That yeah. doesn't help you. The more comfortable you are, uh, uh, bald, the less yeah. the damages are. Because the physical sure. damages, okay, what is it? Uh, a few hundred bucks, right? The pain, etc. It's the psychological damage of you walking around bald. Totally. And I mean, but I'm, well, I'm yeah. But in the meantime, how about this? 
So they've recorded this call, and you walk around and say, hey, I'm fine with it. There are a lot of women walking around bold, and I think it's just great, and I think it's sexy, and my husband loves it a lot. And you see, Do you see the problem, Lindsay? I do. All right. So uh, come. All right. Thing, so okay, here's. So on. Here's another thing real quick. Though, real quick. Is, real quick is my eyes are completely chemically like. That's another issue. Okay. You got it. Now that's yeah. if your eyes are yeah. affected. Now we're talking big time issue. Right. Uh, and if the progno- and if the prognosis is uh, is long term, then you're going to talk to a personal injury lawyer. Then you're going to yeah, sit I, down. I, I cannot drive. Okay. Well, that's all. See, now we're talking some serious issues. So, yeah. all right. So, uh, come on by. We'll see you Saturday on Law Day. All right. Okay. All right. All right. I love you. Yeah, I know see you later. do. Yeah. Right. I, I know. She's crazy about me. I understand that. I've met her a few times. She, she won't. Uh, she just won't leave me alone. She's all over the place. You know, she's like one of those little chihuahuas that grab you by the ankle. It doesn't matter how many times you kick off, uh, kick her off. She's just, hey, that's who she is. Actually, she's a neat lady. All right. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. All right. Julie Slater, what's going on? More stimulating talk starts now. KFI and iHeartRadio station. AM uh, 640, Bill Handel, Saturday, rainy Saturday. Uh, Oh, by the way, next week, the System Pavers Home Expo. Uh, I'll be there. Join me, uh, the System Pavers and Reborn Cabinets' first annual Home Lifestyle and Resource Expo. It'll be at the System Pavers Design Center in Santa Ana, 11 to 3. And it's going to be everything regarding home and safety and the California Wine Club samples, raffles, prizes. Next Saturday, 11 to 3, the System Pavers Design Center in Santa Ana. Just go to homeandlifestyleexpo.com, homeandlifestyleexpo.com. Hope to see you there. Okay, uh, back we go. More handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. All right, Jason. Hi, Jason. Hi. uh, I just bought a new car about a month ago, and... uh, I received a letter in the mail, a certified letter that says that they mischarged me for tax and they charged me 7.25 instead of 7.75 and they're asking for the difference. Yes. I was just wondering if I should pay that. Yeah, you really have to. I mean, they they made a mistake and that's the tax. Yeah, you pretty well have to. It's not one of those where, yeah, I I think you would lose in small claims court, but you can tell them to go pound sand and uh, see what happens. But if I were the judge in small claims, I'd say, you pay it. You owe the money. I mean, it's not that complicated. All right, Oscar. Hello, Oscar. Hi. Uh, my question has to do with uh, bankruptcy, Chapter 7. Um, if I retain an attorney, uh, will that stop the creditors immediately once Absolutely. they have notification? What stops the uh, creditors immediately is the filing of your bankruptcy your Chapter 7 okay. bankruptcy. That stops. And what your attorney does is simply send out letters to all of your creditors. And at that point, all conversations with you stop. Done. You'll never hear from them again. And your attorney gets okay. all the, uh, will get all the correspondence, will get all of the phone calls. And I don't even know if they're going to show up because I'm assuming you don't have much uh, there. You're liquidating. That's a Chapter 7 and uh, how much, uh, what, what are your assets, Oscar? Assets? Yeah, assets. What do you own? Uh, property, bank accounts. What do you own? Uh, 
Really? Not much. Okay, how much? How okay, house. how much? You don't have a house, right? No. Okay, what no. do you owe? Oh, I owe about $40,000. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. No one's even going to show up. It's going to be just a procedural bankruptcy. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, all right, Bill, uh, you've been around for a bit. Hello, Bill, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Yes, sir. Uh, I uh, took my family back to the East Coast uh, earlier this year. And uh, to see my grandson and uh, visited with them. And the last, uh, the end of the trip, we wanted to go to Washington, D.C. and see the town. So I called around uh, for a hotel reservation and I found one. And uh, when I was talking to them on the phone, they said, You're lucky day because we have a special going. It says if you uh, stay for two nights uh, or you, uh, you'll get the third night free. And I said, well, hey, well, that's great. So they gave me the amount of the um, room rate, and then I asked them to confirm that to me in writing, and they did. They said, oh, okay, be. good. All right, so in right. writing, uh, third night free, right? Correct. Oh, good for you. All right. Now, when I left the hotel, signed, or, you know, when we actually left to catch the airplane coming back, um, I uh, uh, they gave me a, an invoice, which which billed me for three nights. Okay, and it was paid on your credit card, right? Correct. All right. And I paid it, I, I paid it on my credit card. Right. On the worksheet that they gave me also, showing me the itemizing, I put on there, I wrote on the bottom of it that, that the bill wasn't correct. And, um, and, they haven't, but, and they haven't reversed that credit card yet? Uh, I have been fighting them for three months. Whoa, all right. Uh, all right. Have they, ding, have they dinged your, Bill, have they dinged your credit yet? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, the first thing you want to do is uh, dispute it on your credit. I done it. Okay. So now there's a dispute on the record, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Is this a national chain? Uh, yes. All right. So you want to start going up the uh, ladder on the national chain. And if you have to, you sue them uh, because I'm assuming you live in Southern California. Where do you live, Bill? Um, Los Angeles. Area. Okay. You're looking like, then you sue them in small claims court where you live. Okay, and you I serve think. them, and you serve them at uh, any corporate offices they have. And I even think you can sue sue them at one of their hotels. And okay. I would check with a small claims court, but that's easy, you know. Just uh, so they screwed you, you know. And okay. uh, yeah, and I, I'm assuming it went through, fell through the cracks because a certain code was not put in or whatever. Someone screwed up. I don't think if it's a major chain. I mean, they're not going to. You know, do a, a, a come on. It's not going to be a, a bait and switch. Oh well, yeah, but but I have called the chain and I. All right, I then you have to sue him. Then you then you have to sue him on the record. There's nothing more you can do. I get it. Uh, that's uh, too bad. All right, Dolores. Hi, Dolores. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Appreciate your advice. Sure. Um, okay, um, I'm going to go through a um, divorce. Oh, good. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yes. I, thought, I knew you'd be happy. Yeah. Um, so um, I have a separate bank account, checking the savings, and my husband, because I haven't gone to a lawyer, but I'm going to get one. Um, uh, uh, he has his separate checking and savings account, which I have a copy of his statement. Now, I know, I know that he has private investments of some kind. He always kept that away from me. One time I saw a paper by mistake, a statement, and he hid that right away. Now, once I go to a divorce attorney, uh, how will they find out? Okay. okay, that gets easy. All right, that gets easy. How long have you been married? Let's start o- with that. Over 20 years. All right, so I'm assuming that everything he has and put away secretly was uh, the money he obtained was through the, during the course of the marriage, right? Yes. Okay, that's easy. Okay, so now you get half of that. Here's what will happen. You file for the divorce, and there will be depositions taken. 
And he will be asked, do you have any private investments? And if he says, no, I don't, and that is a lie, uh, he has perjured himself. And the only way you're going to find out, and in many cases, people do exactly that. They lie through their teeth. And what you get to do, and your attorney will tell you, is to uh, just hire a, uh, private, uh, a private eye. Oh, I see. Private investigator. And also your taxes, because if he has investments and has made any money on those taxes and hasn't declared that, that's also tax fraud. I see. Okay. And uh, so you get to call the IRS, even though it's in a joint account. You have the innocent spouse uh, exception, and it's a little complicated. Uh, what you're, what the, you're asking the IRS saying, hey, I had no idea. He just I just signed it. Uh, that's uh, my wife does that is uh, I handle all the finances at home because she's just not particularly interested. And uh, when I sit down and try to get her to sit down with me and go, hey, here's what we have. I'm not interested. You just sign. So it makes it very easy for me to just have her sign the tax return. Yes. And she doesn't even know, which I do every year, by the way, because I'm screwing her out of a lot of no. money every year because <laughs> no. that's that's my job. Uh, to do that as a husband. You know that, don't you? It's exactly what happened to me. Excellent. Okay. Yes. So your husband and I are on the same page. Uh, so your divorce attorney will guide you through that path. Okay. All right? Okay, All right. That, that's where it goes. That's how it works. This is Handle on the Law. By the way, uh, mentioning uh, about my wife. Well, yeah, it's mostly true. All right. Julie Slater in uh, the KFI Newsroom. Julie. On the next dark secret place, North Korea throws China under the bus right after China threw North Korea under the bus. Someone threw somebody under the bus, and we'll talk about it, because this is what it sounds like when doves cry. The dark secret place. Tonight at 10. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Hey, wait a minute. No, you can't do this to me. Forty handle here, and uh, hello on a uh, Saturday morning, and we have uh, what another hour and ten minutes to go before the show is over. Eight hundred five two zero one KFI, eight hundred five two zero one five three four. This is handle on the law. Rico, hello, Rico. Good morning. Yes, sir. Situation that I have is I was at a CrossFit gym. I was a member. Um, I was doing my normal routine. It was towards the end of the routine. Personal trainer was uh, pretty much grinding me to the point of exhaustion. And um, I was doing burpees, box jumps, you know, other side burpees, box jumps. And on the last set, tripped over the box, landed on my two hands, dislocated my elbow, broke my elbow in four places. Um, I'm really suffering now. Yeah, I, I'll bet. You know, I, I don't. I can't sleep. Okay. I'm not getting sleep. All right. So there's some damage there. And, any surgery yeah. yet? I already got surgery. Oh, I you got, got surgery, surgery. and oh, so yeah. there's big damages here. Okay. So what's your question? Is uh, am I able to go after the liability insurance? Yeah. Well, be- no. I get it. I get it. And uh, there is only uh, uh, there are a couple of legal issues involved. You're at a CrossFit gym, 
And the trainer, if I get this correctly, and I'm just going to repeat what you said, is push you to the point of exhaustion where you hurt yourself, correct? That's correct. And it's the, and it's the trainer who actually did the pushing. All right, That's how correct. about this one, Rico? You ever heard of the concept of no? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm done. Yeah. 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 Yes. You see, there's a, how about taking a little bit of responsibility for yourself and saying, uh, you know what? We're done now. Yeah. Now let me give you the other side of the argument is that, that at CrossFit, the whole point of CrossFit is they push you to exhaustion and the trainer should have known, uh, that, uh, there is a period, there's a point of which exhaustion kicks in and then it becomes dangerous. And for a CrossFit member who doesn't know the danger, the trainer should. So the point I'm making is uh, that it's certainly worth talking to a personal injury attorney uh, because your damages are big enough. I mean, surgery, broken elbow, uh, you have uh, residual pain and not being able to sleep, whatever it is. And it will turn out, uh, once you get an attorney, assuming an attorney will take it, your life is over as you know it. You'll never sleep again. You have PTSD. You'll never have sex again. Uh, you're, it's just all over for you. And this injury, you might as well kill yourself. That's the way personal injury attorneys, when they sue, this is what they say. So right. uh, the, the, the defense is going to be uh, that, hey, Rico, you, you know your body. You know when you can't take it anymore. And you're going to say, but wait a minute, the whole point of uh, CrossFit is to go to the point where you can't work anymore. And I don't know where that point is. So it's a case. It's worth talking to a PI lawyer for sure and see if there's anything there. And uh, you're talking about a relatively deep pocket because for a CrossFit gym, they all have to have reasonable insurance. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have a million-dollar policy. As a matter of fact, uh, my guess is that uh, the landlord forces uh, them to have a policy that is uh, substantial enough, so that covers everything. So I think you got a case there. I think you have a case. Absolutely. Maybe. Sort of. Kind of. Tony. Hello, Tony. Hi. How are you? Yes, ma'am. What um, can I do for you? My daughter plays on a 10U travel ball softball team. And the um, the softball team hierarchy is there's a, a the owner of the nonprofit and then a general manager that manages the different age levels and then managers for each team. And I made a donation to the um, organization um, through my work, and the work matched it. The donation was created, mailed to the address that was on file for the nonprofit. And it was designated to be used for general support for the 10U team, which is my daughter's team. Now, you made the check out to the nonprofit, correct? I made the check out to my work, which was then matched. All right. Did they, and, they, and they sent the check to the nonprofit? Correct. And it was the nonprofit that was uh, on the check itself? Correct. Okay. Okay. So then um, we kept checking with the owner of the nonprofit, um, and he kept saying he didn't get the check, he didn't get the check, he didn't get the check. And we waited about a month and a half and um, found out through my work that the check was mailed, received, and cashed. All right, I'm assuming cash in his name. He put it into his personal account? I don't know. All right, how much, money are we, how much money are we talking about? 2000 initial right. donation, 4000 with the match. All right, so uh, it's, still, it's easy to find out what account it was cashed in. I mean, that gets easy. I don't have legal standing for the account. 
uh, you could, but you have legal standing for you putting money into it. And he's, I didn't, but because it didn't go directly to from me to them, hmm. I have to go through this third party. And who told you you don't have legal standing? The police. Ah, God bless the police. Like they know that they, as if they practice law, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the police don't want to touch it because uh, the, him stealing the money from the nonprofit is uh, is okay with them. I'm assuming. Um, they're indifferent. Yes. Yeah. Of course they are. That's the police. I suggest you contact your work and uh, what you do, both you and the work, because I think you have all the standing in the world just because you went through a nonprofit, just because you went through a third party. You still paid the money. It's still your money that was to go to the nonprofit that was stolen. Correct. So if nothing else, uh, I would certainly sue for your money that went in there, and then you simply say uh, the check was cashed, and you subpoena the check. Okay. You just subpoena okay. it because uh, you have a. I mean, they cashed it. You have a record, uh, or at least you can subpoena. Here's what you can do: you can subpoena your company for those records. Well, we've gotten a copy of the check. That All was right, cashed. and it, oh, you have a copy, so and it and it shows do. cashed in his name. It's illegible. I mean, the co- the. The uh, check was made out to the organization, and you can't read the signature on the back. How about the but, number? How about the account number? No, they, there's no account number on it to what it was deposited into or cashed from. All right, so you're going to make the allegation that the money didn't go in and he controls it all. It's going to be a very interesting case. He's going to say, nope, the money went in, and then you subpoena, I guess, all of the records. And I'm assuming you're talking to the other uh, parents that are involved. Uh, well, yes. I mean, it was basically my donation, but yes, the other parents on the team are aware of it, as well as the general manager. And okay, and uh, is any and is anybody day. is anybody going after this guy? Just me. Uh, well, and is anybody throwing him off? Well, he has since left the organization. Oh, I see. Okay, so he's gone. Uh, yeah, yeah. You simply go ahead and uh, you sue, and it could be that uh, after all of these machinations. You sort of lost it because it may be too big a deal to get it back, and he successfully stole four thousand dollars. So, so when you say sue, you mean small claims? Yeah, court small sue? claims court, and you issue the subpoena. Okay, and how do I get a, a subpoena issued? Yeah, you, right there. When you sue in small claims court, there's a form for subpoena. It's called a subpoena ducas tecum. Okay, just taste them, taste them, take them. Yeah, whatever, take them for a ride. You know, I'm okay. really good with these uh, these uh, Latin words, right? Quid pro quo. Publicum, erectum. Okay, well, let's just bail out on this one. I don't want. To, I, how far can I go? Uh, okay. Oh, I do. Sorry about that. I do have a spot here. Uh, as I look, ah, LifeLock. Thank you, uh, LifeLock. Your internet browsing history and personal data can now be sold to advertisers by the internet service providers. The laws changed. Under the Obama administration, it was illegal. They couldn't do it. Under the uh, new administration, there's a law that was signed that now allows uh, ISPs to send that information, actually sell it, your browsing history, personal data, which means uh, another way for those uh, cockroach thieves, identity thieves to go at it and grab your information and then steal your identity and then do all the stuff that they do. So since identity theft is America's fastest-growing crime, and uh, it happens when, of course, thieves steal your information and become you and get the credit, et cetera. Uh, I'm going to suggest LifeLock. LifeLock, company that's uh, been protecting me and my entire family now for years and years, way before I started telling you about this on the show. 
So here's what they do. They monitor, they alert, and if your identity is compromised, then they uh, actually work to fix it. So no, no one can prevent all ID theft or monitor every transaction in every business. But in my opinion, LifeLock is the best out there. Membership started $9.99 a month plus applicable taxes. Go to LifeLock.com. Use a promo code HANDLE for 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. Or call 800-LIFELOCK, 800-LIFELOCK, lifelock.com, promo code HANDLE. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM uh, 640 on a Saturday morning. And uh, as always, uh, an hour full of fun phone calls. Uh, you, all you have to do is dial 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. Right after this hour's lower, right after this show, it's Leo Laporte, 11 to 2. And uh, then it's Neil Saavedra with a 4 for 4, 2 to 5. Mo Kelly from 6 to 8. Monique Marvez, 8 to 10. And The Dark Secret Place with... Brian Suits, who is also heard uh, tomorrow at his new time, an additional two hours from 8 to 10 o'clock. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. Uh, a fun story, if you will, except for the family involved here out of Oklahoma. Uh, there is a woman by the name of Shana Lauren Sims, who uh, was uh, really upset about this uh, woman, Tabitha Lynch, uh, because she thought, that is Sims, she thought that her husband had cheated on her with Lynch. Now, okay, big deal. But here is uh, the problem. And that is uh, Lynch, Shana Lauren, uh, excuse me, Tabitha Lynch died at the age of 38. And so there she is in the funeral home. And instead of uh, Shana Lauren Sims just being happy that the person that she thought was having an affair with her husband, just being happy the woman's dead. It's over. Thank you. Oh, no. Let's go a little further with that one. So she goes to the funeral home where Tabitha Lynch is uh, sitting there, or actually lying there because she's completely dead. And uh, what Sims does is cut off Lynch's breasts, cuts off a toe, cuts uh, locks of her hair off, and then slashes her uh, forehead. And by the way, stole her shoes, too. And funeral home staffers didn't even realize that the body parts were missing until they went to prepare the body for cremation. And uh, her estranged husband, uh, that is Sims, now estranged husband because uh, his wife is completely dead, said, I didn't even know she'd be capable of that. And prosecutors argue that what Sims wanted was retribution because of the supposed affair, which uh, 
by the way, he has denied. And authorities describe them as frenemies, that uh, both women knew each other. And family members said they saw her with her hands inside the casket at the funeral home. And the funeral director said that her body was in a viewing room when some friends and family came to pay pay their respects. And there was Sims there. And they found her with her hands inside the casket. And hair was found on the floor. And uh, Lynch's makeup was smeared on her face. So she was charged with burglary, that's Sims, because she went to Lynch's apartment afterwards and posed as a funeral home worker to Lynch's family. So on top of all that, she could steal the woman's jewelry. That is one upset woman. And now uh, she also was found guilty of five charges relating to mutilating a corpse. Uh, which you can't do. Her argument was that uh, Sims looked a lot better without her breasts and with her forehead cut because she was so ugly. Uh, no, they didn't buy that. All right, let's go ahead and take some phone calls. All right, uh, Akil or Akil. Hello, Akil. Hi, Bill. Yes. How are you this morning? Yes, ma'am. Thanks what can I do for you? Call. Yes. Yes, I live in a senior complex. And some of them are funded by the government. Uh, they gave me a letter. I signed a letter to uh, tell them when somebody spent a night. We have four, 14 days for a person to spend the night. I write a letter to the housing telling them I had somebody spend the night. I, I write a letter to uh, the management here where I live saying that I, I have somebody spending the night. But what I want to know is and if I have a case because I'm the only one that gets one. Uh, how do you know you're the only one that gets one? And by the way, what are they? I, I sort of missed the beginning of that. What is it that you get? Okay, my apartment is funded by housing. Okay, and and, and what do you and what do you get? Oh, I get I get a discount on my rent. No, 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 no. You say you have to file with uh, the complex. You have to file with the government. You have to file with all of that because I got something. Is it a document that says you must yeah, do this? It's just, a, it's just a written. It's just a written statement saying that I'll have somebody spend the night. Okay, and, and you and who says that? And, and who says you have to file it with all of those entities? Uh, the Section 8 housing. Okay, they make you do that. And you're saying there are other people in the Section 8 housing that don't get that, correct? Right. And how do you know that? Because they they haven't sent out a letter. They normally send out a letter to everybody about everything that's going on. And the ones that are on, she hasn't sent out a letter to anybody. They don't, they don't call people in individually. They just send out a letter. And they're not doing that with anybody else other than you? Right. Well, it's time to uh, complain up the uh, up the ladder, the Section 8 housing, because that's all controlled. Keep in mind, this is all government controlled. Right. So you just simply have to find who regulates and just start writing emails and saying, hey, uh, I'm the only one that's getting, it's only about me the letters are going, and that's clearly in violation of policy. It may even be in violation of law, for all I know. Okay. Yeah, okay. so uh, get that email going up, up the ladder. All right, Akil. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Hello? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. What can I do? My van got hit back in October by a drunk driver and slammed my van into a second car. Yes. And basically, I'm trying to find out 
why would the insurance company have not settled my claim? And it happened back in October. Well, they I mean, they don't have any, because the insurance company sometimes doesn't settle the claim. Are they? Have they offered you any money, or they're just sitting there? They're just sitting there. To All right, then here's what, Akil, you're talking about the... You're talking about the guy who rear-ended you. His insurance company is not settling the claim, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, yes. you have – how much uh, – were you injured? No, I was not in the van. Okay, so how much uh, money are the damages to fix the car or fix the van? It's, it's totaled out. The most I might get on the van, maybe between twelve to $1,500. It's the Astro van. It's uh, just $1,200 to $1,500, and all you do is sue the guy behind you. That's all you can do. Okay. Just take him to small claims court and – uh, he's either going to turn it over to an insurance company. I tell you, if an insurance company won't even make an offer, uh, then the insured, and that means him, the guy who hit you, has a real interesting case for bad faith because he's paying for an insurance company to do X, Y, and Z, and they're saying, we don't want to do it. Okay. Yeah, so uh, just sue the driver and just start. At that point, they'll start talking to you. I guarantee it. Because they're not interested in dealing with their insured, who is going to ask the question, excuse me, you're just ignoring this? Then what are you taking my money for? Well, because that's what we do. We take your money and we ignore the claims. That's why we're an insurance company. This is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater. In the KFI Newsroom with some news. Coming up today on the Fork Report, May is National Burger Month. Let's talk all things burgers, plus foods you're storing wrong and the avocado apocalypse. It's coming. The Fork Report with Neil Saavedra. Today at 2, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Welcome back to KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. This is Handle on the Law. Uh, Ezekiel, welcome to Handle on the Law. All right, Bill. Uh, good to talk to you. Um, yes, it is. Met, met, met a woman and uh, got in a relationship. And I'll um, try to make this short and sweet. Uh, we lived together at, at my place in a different city for a while. And she bought a house after she got a settlement from her divorce. And uh, uh, it's been, we've been together probably 10 years. And uh, uh, 90% of everything that's in the house uh, that we live in uh, uh, is mine. 90% of everything that's ever been fixed on her house and her mother's house. Her mother went into assisted living. Uh, the house, her mother's house is being sold. And uh, her brother moved in, which is really just he's kind of dysfunctional and like Asperger's kind of a thing. And it, it, it caused a problem between me and her. And now I have got a notice from her that I need to move out in 30 days. Okay. All right. First of all, it's uh, the house is in her name, correct? Yep. Okay. So she can kick you out, Ezekiel. I mean, that's a given. It's her house. However, let's talk about what you have done over the last 10 years in terms of uh, bringing the value of the house up. 
mm-hmm. if if the value of the house has increased uh, or it has stayed the same. I mean, there's a bunch of arguments you can make, uh, but that's worth a lawsuit for money, Ezekiel. And you're not going to do it based on a contract. You're going to do it based on something called uh, quantum merit, which means it's a it's an equity issue. It means I deserve because I did this, even though there is no formal uh, agreement. It's it's unfair for her to get all the benefit of what I've done that it cost me in time and money, and I get none of it. It's an equity issue, and so. Uh, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to hire a lawyer, Ezekiel. How much money are we talking about that the house is was worth when she bought it, and what you put into it, and the mom's house, and all of that? How much is all of that? Well, mom, mom's house is uh, evidently an escrow now, and it's probably about almost five hundred thousand dollars. And how much you think? Uh, and, how much? And, did you, how much did the, you put in? And and, and oh wow, um, tens of. Okay, here's why, here's, why, yeah. here's why you need a lawyer. You're going to have the first thing you have to do is put a list pendants on the house, tie it up. And uh, but it has to be this is why a lawyer has a, to do a, it. Put a, put a what on it? It's called a list pendants. It basically mm-hmm. says I get a piece of this house. You can't sell it effectively stops the sale of anything. Now, you have to be a little careful uh-huh. about, yeah, wait a minute, don't give me an aha. You have to be a little careful about this because if it is right. not a legitimate list pendants, if you're just doing this to screw everything up, you've bought the farm. That's why you need a lawyer. Now, the the one that's a stronger uh, argument is the girlfriend's house. I don't think you can ever force her to sell the house, but you can actually put a lien against the house based on what you've done. And again, you asked for that uh, in court based on equity. So it's it's a little complicated, Ezekiel. Don't you wish you were gay? Wouldn't that be easier if you had a boyfriend instead of this crap? <laughs> and, why'd she th- and why'd she throw you out? I mean, what did you do that uh, she decided she's going to end it and give you the, uh, the heave-ho? Oh, wow. Um, uh, she's had some um, uh, medical things and then she got an accident recently and it it kind of screwed up nerves oh, and her all right side and, and her head and her she's not thinking all right okay and, all right so she went I'm, i've got it she went nuts. and then i talked to her family to try to sort things out and then the family came back to her and said you know what's going on hey where and are so you says, okay where are you sleeping physically in another bedroom yeah okay uh you want to make her life miserable Okay. All right. Answer the complaint. Force her to take you to court to throw you out. It's going to take months. Talk to your lawyer. Right. Find a lawyer. Go to handleonthelaw.com. You want a lawyer. You want a real estate lawyer that can make her life miserable. I'd make her miserable if uh, my wife ever did that to me. Well, first of all, uh, I'm smart enough to put my uh, my name on it. And this, these are people who go, uh, my wife threw me out. Is it uh, both your houses in your name? Well, yes. Then just say no. Say no, thank you. I own this house. You can't throw me out. Well, I want you out of the bed. No, I want you out of the bed. Well, I'm sleeping in that bed. Well, uh, then someone's got to give. See, whoever insists on sleeping in the bed, the other person's probably going to leave. Because it gets real simple. You know, you own, you own. And much like in this case, he doesn't own the house because he put in all the money in the house and like a schmuck... He didn't put his name in it or have some kind of a written agreement. I don't trust anybody. All right. This is Handle on the Law. And Julie Slater in the newsroom. Julie, what's the news? 
traffic is getting worse. Probably the worst interchange in Los Angeles has to be the good old 405 and the 101. You know, I think the worst that I cover is the Orange Crush, where you get the 5, the 57, 22, all coming together. KFI is fighting back. With KFI in the sky, find out about the traffic that's affecting you from a whole new perspective. Jeff Bond. One of the most complicated to look at from the air is definitely the East LA interchange. Mike O'Brien. Some afternoons on a Friday afternoon, the 10 will literally be slow from Santa Monica to Redlands. KFI in the sky. And iHeart Radio Station. Love yourself. This is KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. All right, Jeff, what can I do for you? Hello, Jeff. Hey, Bill. Yes. Uh, Yes, I am calling because I uh, am in a divorce case with my ex-wife. She, I have 50-50 custody with the children, um... As soon as I moved my children into my house, she filed for a domestic violence order against me with the children. How old are your kids? Um, they're three and five. Oh, all right. So she, first of all, is there any, just because she filed, is there any proof to this? There's no proof. All right. Yet. So what has happened since? So she complains to you. Who did she file it? Did she go to court? Did she call the police? What did she do? No, she filed it with the court through her paralegal. All right. And now what? Um, well, supposedly we had fixed the issue, and she, her, the paperwork was filed to take this away because it's bogus. And wait a second, the, the paper wait 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 the paperwork was filed, taken away. Was there a dis, was there a dismissal that was filed? Supposedly. Ah, and you didn't get a copy of it. You, she just told you there was a dismissal. Affirmative. Okay, so let's go through how many kinds of idiot are you? I, I've already gone to two. Very. Very much. I've already hit two, and you probably can add a few. All right, so yes. it was not dismissed, and let me guess. You didn't show up because you thought it was dismissed. Yes, sir. All right, so now what had the court gave her the uh, custody? Yes, sir. You get your, no you, yeah, you get your ass back into court immediately. And how? You go, you go to a lawyer and... And you'll have you'll ask for an emergency hearing based on her fraud and her accusation. And you go in front of a judge and say, this is what happened. Now, I'm assuming there is no proof that she said she was uh, removing the accusation, correct? It's just your word. Uh, of course not. Her paralegal told me that she had filed, that the paralegal had filed. Okay, the par- and the well paralegal said that. You subpoena the paralegal. Okay. You bring the paralegal in. Will the, para, will the paralegal say to the court, "Yes, uh, I did that. To, I did say that to Jeff." Probably not. Okay, so now you have to simply it's a say, of hers. "Oh well, yeah." Then she's not going to say it. And you say it. Ha- People lie like crazy, Jeff, in front of the judge. Yes, sir. So he's the judge. It's a, is it a, it's a he or she? I don't know. The judge have has heard this over and over and over again. So you get your butt in there. And you say, not only was there no proof, it was simply an allegation. And judges don't like just allegations. 
Yes. By you not showing up, there was nothing to refute what she said. So uh, the judge didn't have anything that didn't prove her point. So the judge went ahead and granted. So now you have to come in and call her a fraud who has committed fraud, a liar, and just go through it. And and the lawyer, you're going to need a lawyer to do this. I mean, you're going to need one. But you should go in. Monday morning, uh, you should go in and just nail it. File first thing Monday. Go see a lawyer and have an emergency hearing uh, held, and they'll give it to you. All right? Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Good luck. God, that's it. Don't you love divorces? People, divorce attorneys, and I know divorce attorneys, and they charge what people think are astronomical amounts of money, five, $600 an hour. They deserve every bit of it. They're underpaid. These are people that are, they become vipers, these couples. I mean, they're nice, normal people. You throw them in this situation, and they become Adolf Hitler. I mean, they, if they could, they would kill the other spouse given the opportunity, which is what I've, I've always said. Don't divorce, kill. It's worth spending two, three, four years in jail than going through this kind of crap. So you, you kill her, and then you make sure that you have a family member or a friend that can take care of the kids for you know, a couple of three, four years, because if you do it right, you, you know, it's a crime of passion. You ask your best friend to jump in the bed with her, and then you come barreling in. You go, oh, my God, oh, my God, and you shoot her. And, uh, I, Your Honor, I tried to shoot both of them, but I missed. I only shot her. So you do your time in jail. Uh, your kids come and visit, and you're done. You're done with her. Sue. Hello. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? I had a slip and fall. Oh, congratulations. A big gash on my shin. Uh Uh-huh. Now a scar. I've documented everything. Their insurance company has been in constant contact with me. I need to know how I can somehow get my damages to me from the insurance company. They're giving me a difficult time. Oh, of course they are. That's their job. First of all, what did you, have they already accepted liability that it's their fault? but they've been in constant contact. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Uh, the fact they have or haven't sort of doesn't matter. What did you slip on? Well, it was the shampoo aisle. Yeah. And I took pictures. It was some sort of clear. I don't know if it was part of a shampoo. I don't know. We took pictures. They took pictures. Okay, so you can see there is a substance on the floor. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, so that helps your case. So they're not going to turn around and say, no, it didn't happen. So that part is is done. The liability is probably finished. Now let's talk about your damages. Gash on your leg. Shin. How, shin. Which is now a scar. All right. How long, uh, how long a gash? How disgusting a scar? Um, I'd say a quarter inch. Oh. It's pink. Oh. Yeah, but that, that's going to disappear, Sue. That goes... Uh, well, that, what they had said to me, That Bill, goes away. They yeah. wanted me to wait six months. Yeah. It's been over six months. Yeah, so... I, I want to now say, Well, hey. yeah, no, I get it. So you're... I mean, you, here's, here's your choice. If they won't settle with you or they give you too much money, you sue. You sue. Okay. They're liable. Now the point is, what are you going to sue for? What are your damages? What do you think... Let me go the other way. What do you think it's worth, Sue? Well, I don't know. I, I had a perfectly fine shin. I, I understand. How, what do you think that's worth? I don't know. Yeah. So... So here's the thing. How about had, this? I Not had, a lot. Okay, what, go ahead. I had pain and suffering. Of course you did. We but. had a previously scheduled vacation that I missed out on enjoyment of. 
I couldn't enjoy the beach. Uh, Sue, Sue, nobody cares. That oh, one. On. I'm telling you, no one gives a damn. I couldn't enjoy the pool. I couldn't enjoy. Yeah, fine. You know, tell that to a jury. You know what? A jury or a judge is going to say, hey, man, I. you know what? I've been on vacations that suck, too. <laughs> All right. And uh, and I didn't get any money for it. So all of that is, uh, I mean, it's a good argument you make. I mean, it's really good. Have they offered any money at all? Well, they started off with 500 I said. Is that over? And that's over and above the medical costs? Uh, I have Kaiser. So I have a co-pay of 20 bucks. Okay. Okay. Then they came back with 1000 and I sort of said to them, you're about 10 too shy. 10000 Well, you're not going to get $10,000. Okay. So. What, am I, what should I sue for, Bill? Uh, well, you sue for $10,000. Got it. Uh, and you, if you go to small claims court, so that becomes easy. And there you talk about having a miserable time and ruining your vacation and look at my shin and I have a scar and I'll never have sex again because <laughs> my husband... Uh, you married, Sue? I am. Okay, because my husband looks at the scar and says, oh, my God, uh, you're ugly, and look at that. I mean, you can throw any argument you want in there. If they're willing to give you $1,000, just here's the problem you're going to have. So they offer $1,000. You come back and and reasonably, uh, well, let's say you say 10 Have they countered? uh, We're not there yet. All right, see what they counter with. uh, You'll be lucky to get two or $3,000. Lucky. But that's, you know, that doesn't mean that uh, they're not going to hand you money. I have heard of cases. It depends on the it depends on the adjuster. Okay. It really depends the mood the adjuster is in. And how uh, and here's something legitimate. How uh, how attractive are you? Very. Oh, please. See, Come on, OK. So if you're very attractive, that hurts because then people don't look at your shin. They look at you. Ah. See, if you're incredibly ugly, well, that also because they look at you because it's so interesting. Sue, a, a quarter inch scar on your shin means nothing. Think about this. You cover it up with a just a touch of makeup and you're done. Okay, Bill. If I'm the that's what I'm gonna tell you if I'm the adjuster. So if they've already offered you a thousand dollars, boy, so keep on going. Don't don't okay. pss, don't sp- don't stop. Okay. But if you think you're, if you're getting ten thousand uh, dollars, if I have a slip and fall, I'm going to you for legal advice. <laughs> okay, all right. Enjoy. She's probably not nearly as good looking as she says she is. This is handle on the law. Julie Slater in the KFI newsroom. Hey, I'm Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Each and every weekend, I talk about tech with you right here. I can answer your questions, help you buy that next smartphone, help you get rid of the old one, help you take the one you've got and make it sing. Yeah, we help you understand and use your technology. That's a big deal, and I do it every week. I'll be looking for you. Join me, won't you? Leo Laporte, this morning at 11, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640. More simulating talk, Bill Handel, on a Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Manouk, do I have that right? Yes. Manouk, oh, that's a great name. Manouk, uh, where are, you, are you like an Eskimo? No, I'm Armenian. Oh, you're Indian, as in... Uh, no, 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 Ar- Armenian, Armenian. Armenian. Manouk, yeah, I guess so, that works. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. What, what can okay. I do for you, Manuk? I'm a long-time listener. I have a question for you. Uh, on Friday, I got pulled over in Corona, and uh, 
police did all this uh, uh, roadside uh, gymnastics and everything. And on the end, he started to get pretty frustrated. He could not catch anything on me. Then he said, you know what, although I know that you're not a drunk, but I still think you're on narcotics. And he took me to the station and booked me and uh, arrested me and everything. My question is, can they do that? Uh of course they can. They did it. Uh, should they do it? No. If you had a, for example, if he was wearing a body cam and you got it, you'd have him nailed, Manuk. But here is what's going to happen. You're going to describe exactly what happened as you told me. I guarantee you the cop is going to say your eyes were glazed. Uh, you looked like you were high. Uh, the way you walk, the way you talk, you you furtively looked at it. That's what the comp is going to say, Manuk. Will they drop the charges? Of course they will. Uh, they're never going to go forward. So uh, you're going to see the charges dropped. You're going to ple- if you go to court, you're going to plead not guilty, and uh, the cop is going to say, "Well, that's what he looked like." Oh, Your Honor, I wasn't, and explain under what situation uh, the stop was. And uh, that's uh, the problem. That's why virtually everything when a, a police officer stops someone should be videoed. Oh. Because it, uh, in, in this case, you win. And in their cases where uh, the cop, most of the time, the vast majority of the time, the cops, uh, the, the video is great. It proves everything the cop said. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so can they do it? Of course they can. Should they know? Uh, did he do it? Uh, legally, no, but there's no way to prove it. There is no way to prove it. Yeah, so you're unfortunately you're screwed. Yeah, that's no good. Do a lot of sucking up to police officers, that's for sure. Wow. Uh, hey, James, welcome to Handle on the yeah. Law. Yeah, hi. Yes. Bill, uh, I got a question for you. Yes. I was on my motorcycle in an intersection in Newport Beach on November 30th, and this truck was trying to get in the lane because he couldn't get in into the lane. It was too many cars. And I was going around. I was at a red light, and then it went green. So I was going around him, and he decided he wanted to get in the other lane. <laughs> anyway, before I hit him, I went down. And the uh, police officers that showed up, uh, I looked around. There was witnesses everywhere, and uh, the traffic stopped, and I was like, oh, this is good. And... Uh, as I'm sitting there, I gave him all my information, and, and we get the bike out of there, and I'm like, oh, this will be good. When I get the police report, It'll everything will be in there. Well, I got a, an attorney, and he said, I'll get the police report a few weeks later in December. And I got the police report, and there was nothing in it. <laughs> and I was like, and that, yeah, James, that doesn't yeah. matter if you have witnesses. But, there, but now here's the thing. I said, there's no witnesses on the on the police report. Did you get a statement of witnesses? Did you get their names? No, I did not. Okay, so but, you're but, so but, you were seeing the cops get names of people. Yes. And oh, he wow. Said, so what, so yeah. when I called the called the officer on, and I said, well, how come there's no there's nothing in it? And he says, well, the office, the uh, witness that was there, you wouldn't want him as a witness anyway because he said it was your fault. And you were speeding through that. I said, uh, no idea huh. if that's true or not. Uh, and it could be, yeah. it could not be. So, what's your question, James? The question is, I, I, the lawyer I talked to says, I, I, there's nothing else I can do because there's no witnesses and there's no video. Yeah, probably true. Witnesses, so go- you have to you have to go out and get witnesses. See, I, I don't trust but, cops to do police reports because a cop can very well say it's my fault. 
Right. And right. it's not. So the cop wasn't there, James. I understand that. And so, but there, there's no, if somebody has that, those, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you're <laughs> stuck. I'll tell you, you're stuck. Have you been, were you hurt pretty badly? Yeah, I broke my uh, fibula. Oh, my yeah, man. Yeah. I th- you know, I think you're basically screwed. You're not going to be able to call, you're not going to be able to uh, sue the police department. And it, uh, you're, you're, it's done. yeah, it's done. You're stuck. Uh, and, and the lawyer's probably right. You just got caught in the wrong time, wrong place, wrong yeah. police, yeah. wrong police officer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, everything. Yeah, yeah, the, the perfect storm. Wow. But there's a, uh, you know, there is a silver lining. There's always a silver lining. Didn't happen to me. This is Handle on the Law.